cannot be destroyed, Gimli, son of Gloin, by any craft that we here possess. The ring was made in the fires of Mount Doom. Oh. Only there can it be unmade. It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. One of you must do this. Crickets. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Oh, there's the meme. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I didn't get it before, but now I get now, it. Now you're on board. Um, I am. What beside, is this movie? I am beside myself. Um, <laughs> for uh, greetings and uh, seasons. Hey, everybody. Uh, movie fans. For those of you that don't know. I recently had a 40th birthday. Yeah. Um, actually, about half a year ago now, which is strange. Isn't that weird? It feels like, like it was last month, yeah. but it was, it feels like uh, it was a week May. ago. Yeah. Um, and of all the wonderful gifts that I got, <laughs> by far the most exciting gift was a promise from my co-host and uh, dear friend, Kelly Newman. Hey, that's me. That he would sit down and watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy with me, which he has never seen. I believe you've seen Two Towers. So I saw the Two Towers. middle installment <laughs> in the theater, like in like with a my stepbrothers, and I probably was so tuned out that whole movie. Like it oh. was a it was a formality that all of us brothers needed to go to to the movie together. Sure, like my dad and stepmom went to another movie, and oh, we all yeah. went to that movie, and Fantastic. they were big fans. But I had no context, I mean, who isn't? and I really didn't care. <laughs> It's and, not uh, your world for, for right off the bat. So for what it is, yeah. I have zero memory of it. Anyways, go right. on. Yeah, yeah. But that, it's always been, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously a thorn in my side. Sure. That you watch the middle installment out of context without really loving kind of the world anyway. Right. And then we're like, ah, F these, you know, F these <laughs> movies. And so this, uh, this promise is a big deal. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm scared. Great. Um, and we, the next time we'll be coming to you guys for your, um, for your listening pleasure is going to be, I believe yeah. a, a little mini sode, uh, where we will be popping in and out during our day of Lord of the Rings viewing. Yeah, I cannot wait. We're not sure how that episode is going to be like yeah. how long or what portions we're going to do, but we'll figure it out. It'll be great. We're going to figure uh, it out. That's going to be a long day. It's, it's coming up in, in December and, um, Everybody that I've day of your life be the best day. Everybody I've told about this is really excited for us. Um, especially Tom, our good friend Tom, yeah. who is a big Lord of the Rings fan. Kindred spirit. I just saw him in San Francisco the other day, and uh, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, Ooh, I, I think I need to fly down for that. <laughs> and he was he was dead serious. And I was like, Welcome. Well, I'll tell you the day. Here's the day. You'd be you know? welcome, and man. He, he has an infant at home. Yeah. So I think that's extra funny that he's like, I, I got to fly down. I got to leave this baby. <laughs> Congrats again on the new baby. Yeah. I know it's yes. been a couple months now, but, um, you know, our buddy chance also, he's not in town, but he had also oh, mentioned gosh, interest, yeah. but he's gone back cause the, you know, the strike is over, but he won't have work until yeah, maybe right. January. So he's like, I'm not going to be back out there till after the new year. He's like, but I'm so, so, so excited. It's kind of like, guys. at what point does this become a Lord of the Rings party? 
and not just <laughs> exactly. like a thing that we're doing. <laughs> exactly. The hobbits do love meals. Somebody's already somebody uh, already sent me something. It might have been. I think it was Jess sent me something. She was like, "So for your Lord of the Rings, day, yeah, here are the six meals that oh, you right. prepare throughout." Oh no! The day. Oh no! Lori's already creating a a, oh, rest, a recipe oh, list is gonna for be, the day. You know, at um, least I'll be able to die I can't, happy. I can't speak this. to it, but uh, anyway, well, I'm gonna try to contain myself and not talk about this throughout <laughs> that podcast and day throughout this podcast because we need to do a regular podcast today we do but we want to but focus, just yeah. know the entire time you guys are listening the, the i'm not listening to anything i'm talking about or <laughs> kelly i'm just thinking about that that big this day. episode is just a means <laughs> to get to that episode yeah but i appreciate you guys uh, tuning in yeah yeah um, thanks for joining us this is episode 61, 61 and uh this is an our yeah this is our first uh episode from my new place um it's a house and yeah, we are outdoors right house. now. It's like a thank you. It's like a um, uh, it's like an enclosed patio, uh, sort of. And so I'm a little worried about noise. Um, but uh, like, let's see how the there's a lot of parrots that live in the trees around here. Sure. And so uh, let's we, see how they do because they're they're loud. We got our BB guns loaded up. Yeah, We're ready right. now. Um, and let me just say, you guys can't see this because this is an audio thing. But um, oh, yeah. it is beautiful today. It's, it's stupid nice. It's like perfect. Yeah. It's just I'm looking out from this patio and it's just you got the mountains, you got kiss. the sun and it's yeah. not too hot. It's, it's great. pretty. It feels great. It's you got Lord of the Rings coming up. That's why we're out here. Couldn't be better. Couldn't I'm uh, be better. I'm excited for this time of year. And um, yeah. and uh, this uh, this outdoor patio also has a little pull down projection screen and pretty good sound system. So uh We'll see how much that bugs the neighbors, but at some point we'll watch some movies out here. <laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah. great. And let me just say, you know, I don't because obviously we're going to do our Lord of the Rings thing, and yeah. then before you know it, we'll be Christmas and New It'll Year's be and Christmas. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So let me just say uh, again, happy holidays to everybody out there listening, yeah. and um, please don't or don't forget to uh, try to get to Reindeer Games before it leaves <laughs> HBO. It's on HBO now, but it will be leaving. I think I, it's going to leave like at the end that of the month. Of all Christmas yeah. movies, that's the one <laughs> Just, you're pushing. It's not going to stay on for for too long. You'll have your chance for Elf and Love Actually, but Reindeer Games is a is a rare uh, hidden gem. So. Don't miss out on that. That's so funny to me that that's that's the one. <laughs> it just popped up the other day, and I was like, I gotta mention Reindeer Games. It's leaving, so I gotta mention um, it. That's really funny. So there's a couple of things I want to mention before we get into what we've seen. Um, the first thing is I don't know why this didn't occur to me, but we did. We did in the last episode. We did kind of like a tribute to uh, Paul Rubens. He passed away. And so we talked a lot about his works and we played a clip and whatnot. But one of the ones that it didn't like connect with me that he was in and I mentioned it was Flight of the Navigator. And then I was kind of like, oh, "Oh, yeah, who did he play in that? And I kind of brushed it off. He's the voice of the ship. Obviously, I had no idea. (laughs) I I had no idea. I was in bed the other night and it clicked. Like, I didn't look this up, but it clicked that I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. Of course, he was the voice of the ship. That is wild, man. And I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of people probably listened and were like, yeah, obviously, he was the voice of the ship. Or maybe you didn't. Uh, either way, it's uh, worth mentioning. Look, I'm going to um, this was something I was going to get to later, but I'll just mention it right now quickly as the things we went through and watched. You know, Halloween is coming gone. Yeah, and right. And I did a run of different, you know, Halloween type movies. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things As we watched we. was the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie Ooh, yeah, version which from I've the early seen. 90s. Yeah. And he is also right. the best part about that movie. <laughs> he, he's a um, kind of the, the right hand vampire sure. guy, lackey, if you will, of the main villain. 
and man, they they just let him cook. Like cool. they're even into the credits, they're cutting back to like an outtake where he he dies so extraordinarily long. Like okay. he takes so yeah, long right. to die. And it's just it's just wonderful. It's just really, really funny. So anyway. That's just, cool. Is that worth watching if I don't have any knowledge of Buffy? It, it or is anything? because I don't have any knowledge of but like I know the TV show and yeah, I know right. the lore, but I never watched it. It was just really, really big when I was coming through high school with all of my sure. pretty much all my girlfriends. Um, but the movie is just this tight little campy 90 minute thing that they expanded into kind of a much more, it's still campy show, but like a much more serious, uh, TV show. Yeah. The movie itself is sort of just fun, man. It's just early nineties. Cool. Fun. It's a, I think you'd really enjoy it. Okay. I'm going to put that on the list. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one thing I also want to mention before, cause I don't know where this applies, uh, before talking about what we, uh, have seen is I got the email from movie pass a couple of days ago. Did you get that about how they're now allowing you to do online ticketing? I did. And it's like, that's the whole point is that without that, that service is pretty much garbage. Yeah. Um, meaning that you had to like now? activate it, uh, activate the use on the card. And then you would have to go to the theater and buy your ticket in person like right before the movie, which is just not how the world works. It's not realistic. So I don't know what they were thinking, uh, announcing all of this and then releasing the service before implementing online ticketing. Um, But apparently it should be like an app wide online ticketing. The other thing that makes it almost useless for me is that I really love the premium format movies. You know, I want to go to Dolby and IMAX and all that. And all of that was uh, specifically not allowed. Yeah, but now yeah. as of December coming up, it will be. Um, so I think in December I'm going to reevaluate and maybe I'll get the lowest plan again. Yeah, just because because if both of those things are fixed. It probably is worth it for maybe some of these peripheral theaters that we go to. Sure, and maybe sure. to just support the company, like you've said in the past. We want to we want to believe in this. Yeah, I want so badly. So many mistakes. I'm just still so. Co- I mean, the great. You're getting to this now, and you need to. And I'm not saying I mm-hmm. wouldn't give it a chance, but mm-hmm. how in the world did you take all that time? We've said this before. Yeah, and then launch and not. I mean, these are uh, hilarious. You sat down in a meeting hilarious. and nobody was like, uh, wait, um, <laughs> excuse you know, me, I'm going up. Excuse <laughs> do, do you think maybe, I don't know. Anyway, but I, I look, I mean, I hope they, I loved them when we had them way back when it started and I want them to succeed, but totally, holy, holy cow, that some of this stuff is really mind boggling to me. Absolutely. Um, well, here's hoping. Uh, should yeah. we talk about some movies that we've seen? We should, man. That's what we're here for. It's been it's been uh, quite a while. I feel like, and it's I've been got eighty four years. <laughs> What's the amount of Titanic that she? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a significant amount, and I before we even get into uh, anything else, I realized that I had one on the list last time that I Ooh. forgot to mention. Late on, me. and I just want to talk about it for a minute. Um, and it's been a while, so my memory is already like kind of fading. But I saw a movie in theaters that is not a new movie that was just remastered, and I had never seen it originally. Uh, so but it's the original Old Boy. Oh wow! Um, oh, oh, and I have to tell you that I did not know any single thing about that movie or what it was about or what happens in that movie. So watching it alone in the theater for the first time, that movie, uh, this is one where I go in the, in the better sense of this question, how did this get made? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Because it, it haunt your blew dreams? my fucking mind and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. Uh, when movies have a twist or a significant um, kind of story element that uh, is not, uh, you know, it's not made public, uh, I guess that's a twist. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, that, they're is, a, that is a twist. They're rare it's now, just so know. rare, right? Yeah, and this movie is what, 20? I think this was the 20th anniversary of Something it. Something like that, um, yeah. I think Something so, like early that. 2000s this came out. Um, but it uh, it is so rare to get that twist, but it's also more rare for it to really, really, really just shock and disturb you to Jarring. the point where you can't kind of even <laughs> think or function. Yeah. And that's uh, that's how it was for me. So uh, I can't say that I loved it. I appreciated it. It's yeah, obviously a very interesting movie, very well crafted um, for especially probably for the budget and time that it was made in sure, and everything. Sure. But um, do I like that story? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, people seem uh, you, you ask people about this movie and they probably some of them would say they love this movie. Appreciate like, is the right word, though. Um, I definitely didn't love it. I though. I remember thinking when they they are different. I'm not trying to slam them together just because they're foreign films and yada yeah. yada. But I remember thinking a little bit about Old Boy when I saw Parasite. Sure, because I didn't know the twist that was coming, and it got so dark. And yeah. but it had had comedic elements while being in a very dark kind of setting an idea yeah. around it so anyway they're, they're different movies obviously but, different director but similar yeah, sensibility different, different era, um, all that but, stuff uh, yeah and yeah. this was more also this is more of you know this is an oversimplification but this is also more of just kind of a revenge quest right like this is sort of a straight line he's learning things but yes. kind of a straight line whereas parasite's a whole other thing yeah. but um but i do remember thinking about that and i had not thought about old boy until then for a long time mainly because i try to put it out of my yeah, head you totally stuff that happened yeah, forget about it um but yeah i think it's brilliantly made it's just one of those movies that i think is just really really it's a great achievement yes that i don't yeah. necessarily want to revisit and i didn't really no. enjoy other than being impressed by it well but that's so cool that you saw it i did not know that you had not seen that movie yeah never um and i think it's odd that it got remade because it's also like <laughs> it, why it's, did as an american audience or an american studio did someone go Ooh, man, this is worth telling again with new people. It was a bizarre Because it's choice. kind of like traumatizing in a way. Obviously not really, but the people in that movie that this all happens to, it's so, that is such a traumatic thing. And it is... Uh, it is like, let's tell the trauma. Let's, uh, let's uh, associate this trauma again with new faces and new and i'm just like and the american version choice. is such a weird watered down version that is lacks it the okay punch and, oh well then fuck it yeah. I, I mean it, it it does the same it, i don't know man i'm it, sure it's the same it's story such a but yeah i, I know bizarre what you mean. i mean i guess i can't find fault in, you know yeah we remade the ring and the grudge and all the, you know i mean i i, sure, I get sure, them sure. being like oh nobody's gonna see this movie from the east and <laughs> we could make it here but at the same time just no i don't know what else to just, say. just wasn't no. just wasn't wasn't <laughs> patrick wasn't the just, way to go anyway just no just, no. Um, just don't so do it. um you want to tell me some movies you've seen that are more uh, recent or yeah man um this is uh, i guess a couple months back now but i did want to just mention dumb money yeah um, for sure I, I know we both saw that one i that's was really one of my favorites of the year um yeah. I, I just thought it was really well done um it is well crafted and it and it does um 
pay a lot of respect to kind of all of the appropriate parties involved and people at different kind of socioeconomic levels that yeah. got wrapped up in it. Um, and, uh, and obviously no respect to the assholes that uh, yeah. are continuing to perpetrate. Yeah. It, it, uh, it was, in, it was infuriating, yeah. uh, to watch, but I thought it was important. I think yeah. it's important to see, obviously there's other things you can see too, that would just sure. as much educational, but this one was, you know, an entertaining narrative film an accessible version gonna, of yeah accessible this, yeah. is the right word and i thought yeah. all the performances were good they're not reinventing the wheel or anything but i just think the story is so important yeah um I would the agree. topic is so important and the history and what happened is so important so that one really uh was really really big for me um i also saw the other one that i really really liked was the holdovers did you see the holdovers God, i fucking loved the i was holdovers. not prepared for how much i no, was me neither like i had virtually no expectations i went after work which i very rarely do i was in san francisco and i went to the metreon after work one day and i was like eh, it's a little alexander Payne movie it'll probably be fine i'll probably like be you know just whatever yeah and it's one of my favorite movies in years it was great uh, it's his it, best movie i would say I honestly, it's definitely my hasn't favorite. Made of that many movies. You know who loves? You know, I love. Pain Sideways, is, but, is yeah. our our friend and listener Adam's favorite. That's is his that guy. right? That's his guy. Squid and the Whale is one of his all time favorite movies. No, that's uh, Noah Baumbach. Squid and the Whale. Okay, so I've, yeah. I've crossed... Alexander Payne only has a, a couple of movies. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've crossed directors and writers, but let me. That's let me, okay. Yeah. What else has Alexander Payne done? He did Sideways, very famously. Okay. Was his Sideways is of one of Adam's favorite movies. Sure, I they're, love Sideways. They're yeah. both two of his favorite movies. Okay, you're just but, getting the but movie. But Sideways is the one that Alexander yeah. Payne did that yes. Adam loves and yeah, is yeah. in maybe his top five or six. But this one, he I would this say... Descend- he ran an Oscar for writing. I remember Descendants, yeah. Descendants. Um, I didn't love Descendants. Nah, this fine. is... And then he did me, Downsizing, which I never saw, and that, people hate. That was know. the weird one. That was yeah, the right. kind of the fall in a weird way. He's only done like one other one. This is the res- two, this yeah. is the resurrection. So Sideways is the one... Uh, I, I am right about Squid and the Whale. Yeah. That is also Adam's movie. <laughs> but Sideways is the one that Adam always loved that was Alexander Payne. And yeah. I love that movie too. But this really was my favorite alexander payne movie by well far. and you know why because he didn't write it um really yeah he didn't write holdovers and i should have and paid more attention yeah the, the writer of holdovers is a tv writer not that there's anything wrong with that but the Ugh, the, the gross. this is i'm sure and you can <laughs> i'm kidding. sure relate is that clearly the writer of the holdovers has been a part of a lot of like just shitloads of television and not even really prestige television sure. just a bunch of like network television shows but this per i don't know the story i'm yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. fantasizing that this writer has been like pigeonholed in all of this tv and they're making their money that way sure but they've had this amazing script that just never got made and alexander payne found them and is like let's yeah. make this because i think the script of holdovers is like fucking oh my God. come on like oscar winning 90 percent of it it's yeah. perfect. Well, no, maybe not 90 percent. the performances are great well no else. yeah it's definitely but, but in yeah, terms of the, the perfect the storm need. of like great script and then absolutely pitch perfect direction and and performances of course yeah. come from that direction that are uh, as good as anything that's been on film this year or in recent sure. years. And I just hope it uh, gets at least nominated for a lot of stuff. <sighs> Me too, yeah. man. Me too. And and you're right. There, There's probably thousands of potential. Yeah. This. Just scripts. It's depressing around. to yeah. think about. Oh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, just loved it. Couldn't recommend it high enough. Um, no, the writer's name is it. David Hemmingson. And, well, uh, well done, David. <laughs> he's not He's not new or anything. And apologies he's, he's for a, not He's a TV attention. executive producer and writer. And he, he dates all the way back to... Um, 
uh, like Just Shoot Me in the 90s, wow. early 2000s. Wow. And um, that's one of his first shows where he was a co-EP. And, but like a, b- a bunch of nonsense, you know, fine stuff. Well, this was a beautiful movie. Bones, Beautifully done. Blackish, Uncle Buck. Wow. The Catch, whatever that is. Whiskey Cavalier. I didn't watch that from a couple of yeah. years ago. Again, like shows that never know, man. We're, not, we're not particularly well received. Uh, anyways. Actor, so, actors who get pigeonholed have to feel the same way on this. Sure. You know, yeah. I know that doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to. Where you, if you were on one track, you stayed no matter what. Yeah, but it still happens, and um, yeah, it was just not enough. That's uh, great to go around. Um, Fantastic movie, though. Uh, talk to me about Haunting of Venice. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And so far, I'm they're three for three on those with me. I like all of them. I don't know how you felt. I liked this one the best. Me too. Um, the other two, I really did enjoy. Like, I for sure had lots of fun at those other two. Yeah. But those two to me suffer from what feels like a lot of like big budget studio involvement and heavy mm. CGI, which is a given because of their setting. You sure. know, you have a train and then you have a boat trip and it's just this like this one's a haunted house. So this is just as, you're yeah. in a house. You're and not on the Nile, it's which so is a big thing. perfectly crafted and uh I just think it's it's one of his best uh, movies. Yeah, uh, it was really far. enjoyable. Yeah. I'll go see as many of these as they want to make because I, I really have enjoyed every one of them. Uh, yeah. Jess and I both went and we were both like, was that our favorite? Same it thing. feels like he could make one every year and I would sure. be way into it. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, did you see the creator? I did. And I saw that you, I think creator had a very high rating. For I, you on I quite loved creator. Yeah. And I also very much enjoyed creator. Creator to me teetered on like an all time great movie for me <laughs> and didn't quite. Make yeah, it. it was, yeah, it was yeah. like 75% masterwork, but then the other 25% held it back for me. Um, and they were just moments, moments where I was just kind of like, well, that feels a little sloppy. I don't sure. know if I could recite all of them to you now. It's been a while. That's okay. Yeah. The other thing that occurred to me for creator, it definitely worth seeing really enjoyable watch. I, I loved the world and where we were and all that stuff. But the other thing that I, that really kind of occurred to me and I thought was interesting is you obviously have to change things and, and, and shift things, but just at its idea. Yeah. I just kept thinking this would have been such a more interesting, um, installment of the Terminator series <laughs> after Terminator two interesting. than everything else they've done. Yeah, and I know that's boiling it down to a very, very basic humans versus machines thing. Yeah, right. But this idea of, so I saw a clip where it was Elon Musk actually talking about how the Terminator movies, um, with Joe Rogan, of course, yeah, right, like right. the, the kind of conversation of they'd have. Yeah. yeah. But they was basically, basically saying if you develop something like Skynet and its whole goal is to defend and not be turned off and then we go to turn it off, we would then be, presumed to be the enemy sure and that's what the strike would be justified to sure them. sure um and with this kind of version where they were like a uh, machine would never harm a human it was coding right like right. it was a coding error right. spoiler alert um just the idea of what we do leading to that but you can't really defeat machines they can't really defeat you it won't lead to anything and kind of flipping the whole terminator thing on its head which is really what terminator 2 is doing right where she's like if a machine could evolve Maybe there's hope for us too. Yeah. I just kept thinking like this idea of having to find common ground and make peace and like a John Connor (laughs) being the guy who saves humanity by not fighting the machines, but like finding some way to coexist. 
which is also how Matrix, it's not reinventing the wheel, it's how Matrix kind of gets to the yeah. end too, or at least the ending before they came back. Um, but that was just in my mind the whole time. And that's, that's not that the creator doesn't stand on its, on its own. Obviously it does. But to me, growing up with Terminator and that kind of being the core story for humans and machines, I just kept thinking, I would have liked this idea in the Terminator series so much more than the next seven Terminator movies that they made after Judgment Well, they really struggled through those Terminator movies and finding their footing. But this this is, like you say, nothing original really at all other than it is so well made. Right. And for the money, because we we were talked about in the last episode that I thought eh, it's probably like a hundred fifty million dollar budget. The 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 rumor is that it's somewhere between like eighty ninety million, which is so uh-huh. low yeah. for how big this movie is. Um, I just think it's uh, it deserves a lot of credit for how how good it manages to be with all of that. But then also, sure. I think that um, J- John David Washington is that his name? Yep. Yep. John David Washington is not my favorite. I think he is better in this than most things. I like him in this way more than Tenet, etc. I do too. I do too. But like he's still relatively flat and not leading manish to me. And I think it's a little miscast. I wouldn't I think disagree you put with you. someone more interesting in that role and uh it could have been better. Anyways, Jess, Jess would yeah, agree with you wholeheartedly. Um not to start throwing shade at everybody, but yeah, yeah. He, he's one of those people that she, she's like, I don't dislike him. He just, he never yeah. blows me away, but I will agree with you on, I, I think this is my favorite thing I've seen him in. Yeah. I but know. I also think that that's a testament to the vehicle that he was in was so, was good. Yeah. Was really it was, good. it was actually and, good. Yeah. You know, you just kind of have to, at that point, you kind of got to just, unlike Tenet. <laughs> oh boy. Your, yeah. Let's, your least favorite. It's not Nolan movie. That probably. But no, really enjoyed Tenet. Uh, or, I'm sorry. Really enjoyed <laughs> Really enjoyed Creator. We'll edit that out. And uh, and um, yeah. we're checking out for sure. Did you happen to see Expend for Bulls? <laughs> no. By any chance? I don't think I saw. I don't think I've seen any Expendable movie. Not I'm, even the first one? I'm, I might have seen the first one, but definitely didn't see two and three. So I'm a glutton for punishment. I have to yeah, see yeah, all yeah. of them. See them all. Um, four was, to me, far and away the kind of the low point. But um, but I just want to say, say that on Letterboxd, my all-time favorite maybe review that I've ever seen, yeah. a guy just wrote something like, like, yes, God, yes. And it said, expend four bulls the way they wrote it. Yeah. And then it, he had expendables where the S was a five, so expendable five. Uh-huh. And then he had expend and like the B was a six, expend six lulls. And like he and he had turned the this L around for seven, so expend seven holes. And it just got me thinking about all of that. I mean, we've talked about Amulas Angelance and <laughs> and playing with like titles. And I used to think that was so goofy and stupid. Yeah. And now I feel like maybe we need more of those. Yeah. Like the funniest one to me has always been seven because it it's like maybe one of the best like 20, 30 movies ever made. And the title has a seven for the V in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Just like so it's it's actually seven and you know what I mean like seven and, and it seems so childish it seems like something we would all do when we were little yeah. as a title to make it cool but anyway it just now I can't stop every time I see an advertisement for the expend for bulls I'm just always like this is hilarious this is yeah yeah anyway um okay well that's all great there's a so uh I got I have so many so um, continuing with ones I've saw, I saw in the theaters. Did you see the Taylor Swift eras tour in the I, theater? I didn't. I I saw so many clips of yeah. people dancing in the theater though. <laughs> to yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. movie. So it really galvanated, uh, 
the public. Um, I guess. It is. Uh, it is quite a show. The movie. It's uh, so. Here's my. Here is my review. That is not about the era's concert because sure you kind of have to separate that. This is a movie. It's a movie representation of a concert. Concert And so the concert is, is great. The movie I would say could be edited a little better and it could, um, I would say that the sound mix doesn't, um, kind of prioritize her vocal as much as it should. Uh, Like, it feels very live, uh, meaning that we really hear a lot of that environment of the of of a huge place like SoFi Stadium where it was filmed. Sure, um, where I think that's their intent, but I just kind of wanted to hear her a little more above all of the you know background uh, sure. of yeah, yeah. both the band and the audience. Um, but uh, it's still just such an entertaining show, so I highly recommend that. Um, let's talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. You saw it, right? I did, man. I I don't know what was missing for me in this yeah, movie. Something though. Um, for sure. I mean, you know, I'm 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 not I'm just at the point I'm I'm not gonna question Scorsese. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I should. Yep. I mean, just seems like the master. But um the the entire time I kept thinking there's an important story. I think it's an important story to be told. I also think we've seen it a ton. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's this idea of like all this history that we haven't told. Right. And, and these stories that we haven't, we haven't heard about that deserve to be told. And then at the same time, I'm like, it's also about how human beings are just the worst and just uh-huh. awful to each other, no matter what, whoever's in power. There's never an example, I think in human history of any group that was in power that didn't exploit and take the power from whoever they could. Mm-hmm. It's depleting. It's depressing. I leave not knowing how to feel. I guess mm-hmm. it's a good cautionary tale. And again, it's a tragedy is done to somebody and we just erase it and don't face it. I think that's problematic. Yeah. And I think people need to have their story told that said the, that was my issue one with it. And then the other one was, um, it really was so long. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kept thinking, well, this could have been a series, you know what I mean? Like a four part series. It if does. you wanted to tell all of these beats and not lose, it does anything. feel like that. Yeah. And again, it's like, who am I to question Scorsese? But, then again, I, I'm like, I think you could have lost an entire hour out of that movie and I would uh-huh. have had the exact same impact on me. I don't think I would have missed a beat. I thought Robert De Niro was incredible. Um, I thought he was terrifying and and awful. Um, and I thought I thought everybody and it was good. Um, and the world was established and every you know, there wasn't a false beat. But I just it, it's not going to be one of those five Scorsese movies that I rattle off when I talk about his great stuff. I, I don't know how you felt. I, well, I a hundred percent agree with everything that you said. I still gave it a pretty high rating because it, it is still such a well made movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the amount of attention to detail with the environments oh, sure. and, uh, sure. and just everything is really top notch. Um, but I, I came away, you know, reminding myself that Scorsese movies are about bad people. And most of the, yeah, I mean, everyone really. And I, by the way, I have not seen every one of his movies. I've seen most. And most of his movies are about kind of glorifying really bad people and really bad behavior right up until they die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, that's it. And then that's the the message that you're taking away from it is he's clearly not trying to promote this kind of behavior but he is sensationalizing their 
ability to get away with it. Wolf of Wall Street is a good, you know, example of just like, oh, everyone's bad. Yeah. Casino. They're all, it's just like mostly bad people doing bad things. And uh, that's why people like Scorsese because he's a genre man of that, you know, style. And I, I really do think that this one suffered too much from that where we really only saw badness until the last scene. Yeah. And the argument is that Lily Gladstone, who plays the, you know, the lead, uh, a, you know, actress in it. Um, uh, I forget her character's name. Um, she is, as many have pointed out the, like the heart of sure. the movie. And she is the goodness that is being, um, ripped away from both society and her people. Right. And we don't see the movie enough from her. We, we don't, that heart, we don't actually like see it. We, I mean, we know it's there, Yeah. but, uh, and, and I, I'm kind of just echoing uh, one of the indigenous actors in this movie said in an interview on the red carpet of the premiere of this movie, he's like, obviously, he, I think I'm paraphrasing. He said, like, obviously, we support this movie and we love Marty and everything. Yeah. yeah. But this movie just would have been better if it was from her point of view. And, you know, he was he was basically saying, like, how how do you how do you uh, learn how not to be without a good example of how to be? And, or something like that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's not Scorsese's style. But, just, yeah, Jess brought um, this up. Jess brought this up as well because I think she had read or watched the same stuff. Or yeah. maybe it's just her opinion. I don't know. Yeah. But And that's when I said, I think this is why I left feeling like human beings aren't even worth it, right? Yeah. As opposed to like shining the spotlight on the one person who mm-hmm. endures. And right. But if that's the case and that's the movie we wanted and maybe that's the movie we should have gotten and deserved. Yeah. Scorsese's not the director to me. No, no, it's not his style. I was talking recently with Adam and we bounced back and forth and I I was just kind of like, you know, we were talking about how most directors really just do the same thing, right? Look, the ones that really stand out and they're known for a specific thing. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, I feel like Scorsese, you know, he's a product of his Catholicism and coming to terms with the real world, right? And what human beings are in the real world, whether there's, you know, the next thing and whether it's all part of a plan, whatever. But I feel like that Catholic guilt kind of shows through everything. And his story is always sort of him trying to come to terms, I think, with that. And I don't think he has an answer to that because we don't. Yeah. So I think he's just presenting the question and the terrible situation and being like, face it and marinate on it. Right. Like, I really think and it is always which there's a place for that. Yeah. yeah and it's sure. about temptation. I mean, that's the reason everything's so glorified. We talked about you talked about Wolf of Wall Street, but Goodfellas, there's always a ticket to pay right at the end, like you said. So yeah. it's always said like, but I think the question really is for a lot of people. And I think part of the reason like Goodfellas is so glamorized and people love that movie is. At the end of the day, that character is saying, now I'm an ordinary schmuck. Yeah. He's not really, he, he's sad it all came to an end, but he's not really regretting what he did in that movie. And I think it's all tied in. I know it's a different film, but I think it's all tied together for like Scorsese's work. And I just, again, I don't think Scorsese did anything wrong. I think if that was the movie we wanted and maybe it's the one we should have gotten, 
I don't think he was the director to do it is all yeah. I'm saying. Like yeah. he's not the one to but do that. But he obviously had a very personal connection for whatever reason to the story for many sure. decades and then sure. finally made it. So whatever. But yeah. uh yeah, it doesn't it doesn't um Can I real quick? I don't want to sidebar too yeah, long. Shoot. But but because Adam and I did this back and forth and it kind of cracks me up now that I'm looking back at it. Yeah. So I talked about Scorsese, right? And then he's like, we're going back and forth here. But it's like, Nolan likes time. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's always like, what? and then we're like, Spielberg, it's youth and magic, right? Lucas likes myth. He's like mythology. And then somebody, I think it might've been him that said Kubrick was always thinking about like the id and the ego and like kind of that balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I wrote, Burton likes stripes. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel, and I feel like that was as good a point as I've made about directors and what they I like that. what they like. I mean, that's his style. Stripes. Anyway, um, that's all I got in Killers. Oh, hilarious. Very there. reductive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another movie I want to ask about or mention is Anatomy of a Fall. Did you see that yet? I'm so bummed because you had recommended it so highly, and we just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't find a time to get to it at a theater that it worked. Well, for put us. it put it high on your list it whenever is. it's available. It is, um, it is uh, one of the best, and I, I I actually haven't talked to anybody else except for our friend Courtney uh, at trivia the other night. I think she she sat down. And she's like, "Do you see Anatomy of Fall?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." And it's so fucking good. I do want to just talk with people about it. Um, It is, um, I just really hope that it went, you know, it's a, it's a foreign film or uh, international film as they call it now, I think. Um, But I just hope that it still gets nominated for a lot um, because of course they can enter a lot of those foreign films into our our standard Oscar categories. And I just hope that it really gets, uh, some recognition because it's one of the best of the year, maybe the best of the year. Um, but uh, moving on from that, um, did you see the killer yet? I did, man. Um, okay. I I liked the killer. Yeah. I, I love Fassbender. I like him in anything to me. And again, I don't, again, I feel like I'm going to come off kind of negative here, but I kept wondering what it was exactly that um, made Fincher want to do the killer. A thousand percent. Because I don't have any clue. I enjoyed the killer. There's nothing wrong with it. It's Everybody's a, strong. It's in a it. very middle of the road Netflix movie. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't even say middle of the road. It's a little bit better than middle of the road, but, but it, it is a Netflix movie, but it's just a Netflix movie that happens to be directed by David Fincher. And that's disappointing to me very because he makes so few movies. Yeah. He has made so few movies and he's probably my favorite director and he doesn't uh, strike me as someone that would make a movie that doesn't have another level of uh, subtext sub not just <laughs> subtext yeah. but um of of i guess just creativity yeah like it's not a particularly special story at all. I kept waiting for it to go somewhere else, yep. like to, to elevate. It, correct. And the entire way, and I realized with about 30 minutes left, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I still, again, I enjoyed it. There was nothing wrong with it. But I just remember the whole time being like, okay, we we're obsessed with assassins and spies and all this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we've seen a million of these. One of these comes out every two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you include all the really bad ones and good ones. And I just I couldn't understand why Fastbender or uh, yeah, Fincher did it, but but well, Fastbender did Fassbender, it because of Fincher. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and but certainly Fastbender makes yeah. more sense to have maybe one throwaway movie about an assassin. Yeah, but Fincher, I don't know, man. I was just running his filmography through my head, hundred percent, and with the exception of like Alien Cubed, 
you know, which we <laughs> know why that, that is what it is. That's just his first film yeah. out of the gate. That's from totally understandable. Music videos. There yeah. is nothing else like this in his filmography. Yep. And it it was weird. All of that being said, it is still a very good movie. Yeah. As far as Netflix is like of the Netflix, uh, er, you know, era of just action movies, it's very good. Um, there's nothing wrong with it at all. But uh, so I gave it high marks just because of that, and it has, of course, Fincher direction and you know the I would say that what it's lacking is most of Fincher's movies are really beautiful looking and this one is sort of nice it's you know it's it's, it's a little bit it's very more dark <laughs> middle of the road uh visually than yeah. all of his other movies it was just so. lesser than if you're uh, judging yeah, yeah. it on the scale of Fincher agreed, stuff agreed um did you see dream scenario yet yeah I did I I uh really really enjoyed it and I think that I really um, liked it too. I really think that the thing that it's missing is um a a a kind of a better um I don't know, maybe moral or something. I I I What I, did you think about the third act turn? Well, I guess that's my point is that I don't like the third act of this movie. I don't think they knew how to end it. That's, and, that's what I was going to get to too. Uh, movies that don't end um, strongly anymore to me, I lose respect for the first two acts because I go, oh, they didn't actually have a real plan for how to end this extremely good and creative story. It's just an example of great premise not a great story. Yeah. Um, that being said, absolute in my mind, top tier Nick cage. Yeah. So good. He, you can't help but compare it to adaptation. He's kind of doing a very similar, it's not quite as quirky and also I kept thinking about Bo is afraid. Sure. Yeah. 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 And there was another, I'll cite letterbox again. There was another great review on this movie, Uh uh, dream scenario where it said, once the credits came up and I saw that this was produced by Ari Aster, that's when it yeah, made sense. It makes sense. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, that's actually a really good review. That was the whole a thousand review. percent. I mean, it, this is a, this is a very good quirky a 24 movie that has Nick cage doing Nick cage stuff at yeah. a very, very high level. Oh, so great. therefore I loved it, but I, I, all of the points that I dock it for are purely about the third act. And this is yeah. an interesting point you bring up, not to go on a full tangent here, but I don't know if we've talked about this before on the pod. Maybe we have. We, and I completely agree with you on this. We judge our films on, you You cannot have a bad ending <laughs> yeah, or right. really like a bad first act. You have to have strong first, second, and third act if you're going to be a great a movie. A great movie, correct. That's if my you thing. look yeah. on the rankings, let's just use IMDb for an example. You can pull a list for the top honestly, the killer suffers movies. from that as well. Oh yeah, same exact yeah, thing, hundred yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. percent. But you can pull the top two hundred and fifty movies and top two hundred and fifty IMDb TV shows, right? Yeah. With TV, it makes virtually no difference if you're going to take what the masses <laughs> vote for. It makes virtually no difference if they stick the landing. People will bitch about it and they will rate it exactly the same rating. Yeah. If right. you're judging movies. It could be the greatest first two acts you've ever seen in a movie. Yep, yep. And if the third act fails and they don't stick the landing, it, you're, I'm not saying you're not going to rate it as a good movie, but it's not going down as a great movie. Yeah. And again, I, you, there's a lot of examples of this, but I mean, you know, Game of Thrones lost things that we bitch about are still in like the top 20 ranked movies on these lists, like yeah. which millions of people around the world, it's the best democratic voting 
movie list ever. Yeah. And it's just interesting that long form storytelling, we really will forgive screwing the ending and not know where you were going. But short form, if you're giving us an hour and a half to let's say three hours, you better have all of that buttoned up tight. Yes. Yeah. We just, and, and I agree with that. And I don't know why I do, but I agree with that. I just, I could never rank an all time movie that didn't stick the it landing. It does feel democratic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, I'm little, with you. little tangent. Um, but. did you see the Marvels? I, I didn't see the Marvels and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I just, <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah. Um, th- this was finally the one that I didn't sort of reluctantly go to. Mm-hmm. I just skipped it. Um, that said, we'll get to Loki cause I'm still watching the shows, but tell yeah, me yeah. about the Marvels. Um, well, you're missing absolutely nothing. Okay. That, that's what the I Marvel. I really went in with as open mind as possible. I watched Miss Marvel, the TV show and enjoyed it. That right. girl, right. I forget her name, but is extremely charismatic and I really enjoy her sure. and kind of the fun they had in that show. Sure. Sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've seen I've seen everything else leading up to this. Secret Invasion kind of leads up to this. Secret ah. Invasion is really disappointing, obviously. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. But this movie is ha- takes some really big swings. I mean, I respect that. I was that. not expecting, and those swings. I'm thinking of like two or three major set pieces and environments that are definitely not in the trailer that totally caught me off guard. And I was like, Oh, like you say, I respect that they're doing something wacky and different, except that even those didn't land. land. Um, and I think it's all due to the director. I don't really know her background, but anyways, um, it is uh it suffers from a boringish story and then it suffers from having three leads essentially these three women uh one of them again the young girl playing miss marvel who's excellent every yeah. pretty much moment of dialogue she has she is stealing the screen she is funny she is adorable she is uh charismatic and the other two are so fucking boring. Um, I and I like Brie Larson for the most part, but I'm also constantly questioning. Like, well, wait, do I like Brie Larson? Because right, I right. Th- she's been in some stuff that I really love, and I and I really get the sense that she got kind of uh, not roped into, but really like kind of stuck in this Marvel world. She's contracted to be such a big part of it and doesn't have the wherewithal to grin and bear it. I know that's Mm. a weird way to phrase that, but that's kind of what it takes. No, I I have no doubt that people like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, like had their moments over 20 years where they were or 18, 15 years or whatever, where they were like, Ugh, I don't really want <laughs> right. to do this again, it's but inevitable. they ended up being still very charismatic and movie stars about it. Brie Larson is not that. I'm sorry. She is not a big movie. She needs to be doing small dramas that she can really stretch. She is in. great in small dramas. Um, I mean. And she is really, really, really boring in this. Anyways, that's all I have to say. I, 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 I wonder what's going to happen with this Marvel phase because they're, are some things like we're going to talk about Loki in a little bit. I love Loki. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, how are these in the same phase and how are these, you know, it's so bizarre. The other thing to note, one thing to note, and I haven't seen it, but just to play devil's advocate, she is playing the Superman of the Marvel universe. And that's the most boring character. I mean, it's it's the same problem with trying to do Superman, who is the most iconic superhero and like 
the all-time favorite superhero or the original one, and I love Superman, but the movie is more difficult than anything else. It's you're kind of like do. the all power yeah. part of it that you're just like, well, it's the, uh, the perfect boy scout God, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's just, you know, and, and Marvel, what was so powerful, I think about phase one, two, three, you know, especially if you're a Marvel fan, I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but I can acknowledge that that kind of team bickering yeah. and imperfection and going back and forth and that dynamic is what pushed it. And I know that they had three people and this was like their own little team. But like you said, one of them is, is a God. So it's, yep. and not like a Thor funny God, <laughs> like, no, you know no, I mean? like, like all powerful, like a different, yeah, 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 kind of anyway. So yeah. that's all I'll say on that. Um, uh, I have a few more movies, but uh, I bet you have a good list still, right? I uh, do. T- talk to me about something. Did you yet. happen to see Next Goal Wins? I have not seen it yet. No. Um, I really enjoyed Next Goal Wins. It's cool. not some amazing movie that'll blow you away, but it's got kind of mixed reviews. Yeah, so. yeah, and I, and I figured it probably would, but it's just it's the answer to Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> it's just a heartfelt, like cute. It yeah, really right. is a sweet and funny. It look, it's cheesy in parts for sure. It's That's undeniable. Okay. Some okay things work, some don't. But it just kept reminding me of Cool Runnings. Like it's uh-huh. the flavor. Uh-huh. It's the slight. It's that kind of movie. And I think those movies are important uh, to have. Yeah, yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. Like I said before, I love Fassbender. Weirdly, he felt miscast to me as the coach. Oh, I could, uh, I could it, have told you that from the trailer. I'm like, d- why? It did not is he land at movie? all to me for him, but, <clears throat> but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So I would say, you know, check that out. See it. You don't need to like sports. It's just a, it's just a good flick. Sure. Um. A couple that I saw that were just direct to streaming. I watched the Willem Dafoe movie Inside. Oh, I, I haven't watched that, that one. yet. Yeah. I mean, I guess I get why they did it. You know, we came out of the pandemic and I feel like somebody started developing this movie, this horror yeah. sort of uh, <clears throat> allegory. Was it about worth watching though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't recommend it. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I mean, he's always good and everything, but <clears throat> yeah. uh, River Wild, did you see the, do you know this movie? Do you, did you see the uh, trailer for this? I think it was. I don't think I know what It was direct is. streaming. Okay. So um, there was a movie called The River Wild with Meryl Streep. From back in yeah. the 90s, 93, 94. It rings a bell. Not an important movie. You could never see it. Doesn't yeah. matter. But being the age that I am, uh, I grew up watching this. It got more time than it ever should have, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I enjoyed it. It's an enjoyable movie. But they've now, <laughs> for some reason, somebody found that movie and they were like, we should redo this. Um, it's a movie about a, a lady who who takes people down the rapids on right. the boat. And they in the original Meryl Streep one, they come across... Um, uh, Kevin Bacon, and he is a fugitive on the run, and he hijacks the boat, and they've got like kids and their family in it, mm-hmm. and he's basically like, "Take me down the river." He's got to get across the border, and this is the only way he thinks he can get there. And they've got to traverse these rapids that, like, you shouldn't go. It's you know Devil's Peak or whatever. You know, sure. you don't need to go down these rapids. No one will survive. And he's like, "You can get us there." And he's got him at gunpoint and everything else. So chaos ensues. They did a new spin of this, and it's Adam Brody, um, and who's his wife? Uh, uh. Uh, Meester, um, Leighton Meester, Leighton yeah. Meester, um, and a guy who was on SNL. I can't remember his name. And I just kept thinking, it is look, it's a fine B movie. You know cool. what I mean? Like it, it's a different spin on it. I might be into this. It's not yeah. the same thing. I yeah, think yeah. you actually would yeah, enjoy yeah, yeah. it. But the entire time, to your point of like, who decided to make Old Boy or ever make it at <laughs> all, or why did Fincher do Killer? The entire time, I was like, I can't believe somebody found this movie and was like this needs a remake. Like this needs a fresh, because it's like, it was a movie that was important to my, uh, childhood growing up. Yeah. 
and I would still never try to sell it to anybody else that they needed to, you know, it just happened to be one I came across. Yeah. So I watched it a lot, but I just can't believe this got a remake or a reimagining or whatever you want to call it. But I just wanted to throw it out there. I That's probably fine. already talked too much about it. Um, I also got to some older ones that I'll just rattle off. Uh, I finally got around to seeing Mandy uh, with Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. What an insane uh, movie that That's was. Fun. That's Again, fun. we made a run during these um, the horror kind of uh, season. Sure. I also watched the movie Audition. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But it's another uh, Asian cinema horror movie. I don't know it. No. It's a uh, it, it it gets real weird and real uh, kind of disturbing, man. But um, but I did find it interesting. I would put it in the category of old boy, where you may appreciate it. You're never going to want to come back to it. It's going to yeah. make you feel icky uh, and and not want to go back to that. The other uh, older one that I really wanted to mention is: Did you ever see the movie Everybody Knows with Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz? I don't think I know that either. Foreign film. I think it came out maybe four or five years ago. Super high recommend. Cool. Um, everybody knows. I thought, I remember being intrigued by the trailer, but it, it was, I ranked it really high in Letterboxd. It's a, um, a, a, just a top notch movie to me. It's, it really is a hidden gem. I could have saved it and used it for my hidden gem. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people saw it, but it's just strong through and through. It's compelling. It's moving. Um, I don't want to say anything about it. Tell you I put it on my it. list. Yeah, that's but, cool. But definitely check it out. And if you're listening um, as well, um, check it out. It's it's a very, very strong film. Those are the ones I wanted to mention. Sure. Uh, I'll let you take it away. Um, I've just got a few more. Um, the last two that I saw in theaters are uh, Priscilla, which we just saw yesterday. I haven't um, seen that yet, but I want Sophia to. That's the Sofia Coppola movie yeah. about Priscilla Presley. And um, I... Uh, did really enjoy it. I don't particularly care about Sofia Coppola movies. Um, I, she's not kind of my style or whatnot. But um, but the girl in this movie, I think, is giving a really, really, really excellent and subtle performance. And I don't know anything about the Presleys really, or Pris- who Priscilla was, sure. or how she was, or anything. I don't know. But see, that's the thing. I know a lot about Elvis. I don't know anything about Priscilla either. Yeah, that's right. What's well, that's kind of the reason so, this movie got sure, made, right? Sure. Um, but um, but I think that this girl in this movie should be nominated for some stuff. I don't know that she wow. should win, but I think I I really 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 appreciated the performance and just stylistically, the movie's beautiful. Like it's it's gorgeous. It's um, full of beautiful sets and uh and wardrobe that's and, the thing coppola always does um, she I feel just like she yeah, always nails she's that made stuff. some insane like period stuff and all kind you know anyways i uh i do recommend it i it's slow it's the, it's the opposite yeah, of the elvis that's movie also it's, what coppola she's, she's just slow yeah oh that's so. funny that you compare it to the that because absolute yeah, opposite it's the of elvis Baz lurman's yeah, yeah a million miles per hour you can't even see all the um, shots yeah that's and, funny and the guy that plays elvis in this is uh pretty good um but it brings me to the next movie that i want to talk about for a minute a little bit longer uh he's also the star of saltburn i saw an early screening of saltburn the other day and it is um i know i've talked about some other movies that i love this year best movie you've ever seen um it's not the best movie i've ever seen it is maybe the most i've enjoyed a movie in a long 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 time yeah um it's on my list i saw you ranked it because it's the best but because um, I really kind of like enjoy the story more than anything. 
um, the writer director of this movie, uh, Emerald Fennel really has only done one other big notable thing. And that was promising young woman and, uh, quite loved promising young woman too, but promising young woman kind of like came and went, it wasn't promising young woman has moments of like subversion and like, you know, darkness and all of this, but this movie is so fucking dark and twisted. Saltburn is one of the most twisted things, yet it does not. Most movies like that make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and this one didn't. This one didn't. I was never uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, fucking bring it. The, the, the people in this movie are mostly really gross. And movies about gross people tend to make me like sad yeah, (laughs) Um, and uncomfortable. I mean, it's natural. This one, I was just like smiling the whole movie kind of, Okay, Um, even though it's dark, it is not an outright like comedy at all, but you can't help. uh, Like when you look up this movie and how critics are talking about it, you know, there is kind of like a genre happening right now of eat the rich movies. Sure. Yeah. So you have the menu and uh, triangle of sadness last year. (laughs) And this, uh, this one fits right in that category. Um, triangle. I didn't love. I liked neither. Me neither. Um, Lori loved it. It, it. A lot of people really loved Triangle of Sadness, and Triangle of Sadness made me very uncomfortable. Most of the movie made I would me echo very that. uncomfortable. Yeah, I would echo that. Um, this movie was just fun to me. Interesting. Uh, and I don't really know why, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Have um, we ever talked yeah. about, is it Barry Keegan? Is that how you say mm, his? I think that's right. How everything that he's in makes me uncomfortable and is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he's fantastic. Oh, no. He he but very God. well might might be nominated for an Oscar for this also. Maybe not. But it th- there is so there is so much talent in this movie. Yeah, it's I mean, he's stupid. great. I, I mean, look wrong. up the cast of this movie. Sure, Again, it's Saltburn. Sure, sure. Check it out if you're it, it into a twisted the, weird movie. the lead uh, model actor. Is is he in it as well, or am I making that up? Who are we talking no, about? No, I was uh, going to say from Triangle of Sadness, the guy played the model, but oh no, he is actually so. in. I just saw a trailer the other day of um, Iron Claw, which is a whole other. Thing oh right, right, right. Too. Sorry. Um, no, up. that's okay. So just check out Saltburn. Um, there are a couple of more movies that I saw at home. Uh, I caught Gran Turismo. Didn't really love that. It was okay. Whatever. I liked um, it. It was fine. Thought it was fine. Um, Polite Society I finally watched and I did enjoy that. It was uh, entertaining, but it was really long yeah. for what they were tr- they were going for. It was self-indulgent long. Agree and I was counts. like, Agree I think that's just because maybe it's a, a novice filmmaker and they really got carried away with what they were able to do. Yeah. And it's like, I needed to be a half hour shorter. I agree. I, the things I liked um, in that, I really liked and I like the idea of it, but I agree with all yeah, of that. All it, the it doesn't, there's not a whole lot that happens. So you just need to make it as super, super tight. Sure. It could have been an hour 25, you know, for sure. Um, I saw hypnotic. <laughs> Finally haven't seen that. Hypnotic. I haven't seen hypnotic. Um, I, I know it. But here's what's it. fun to all listeners. Hypnotic is this new Robert Rodriguez movie that came out this year with Ben Affleck. Affleck yeah. I watched it on a plane. It's a perfect plane movie. <laughs> it's um, it's like an it's like a psycholo- It's like an action thriller. It's a thriller, psychological thriller. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, watch it just so that you can immediately put on the "How Did This Get Made" podcast episode <laughs> about it. Oh yeah, because if already. you do okay. that okay. together, it 
it ends up being the best piece of Jess content. Jess will love this. Thank ever. you for making our Friday you, night. Yeah, see, yeah. you can do this as an exercise together and it will be so good. Um, but don't just watch the movie by itself because you need that uh, that uh, like that voice afterwards to talk sure. about the yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Um, and they really do a great job of picking it apart. And you know what? So much of what they pick apart is the logic of the writing in the movie, which I'm not even I'm even more interested as now. capable yeah. of speaking to. But you will. Yeah. gravitate towards (laughs) great so uh hypnotic um (laughs) five nights at freddy's i watched the other day which has a long time been coming this is this like horror you know animatronic i couldn't get myself excited for Um, that i know it's a famous game or i just watched it on on uh you know tv and um because it's on peacock and uh uh it's fine yeah it's fine figured it would be just fine (laughs) it's fine it's like if you're doing absolutely nothing it was a nick cage movie like yeah, this uh, uh, something wonderland willies was wonderland? that also based on the game or just some rip i think it was a rip off okay. yeah because when was... the tra- trailer started i was like wait a minute but like nick cage already did this and they were like no this is the that one. one's more fun somehow okay yeah, yeah so that like also of, feels right. of the two the nick cage one is more fun sure okay. um the last new movie that i wanted to mention we watched during halloween time also which is this uh, alien movie on hulu called no one will save you did you watch that man no, and I really want to. Yeah, check it just, out. Just running through these, there's like four or five that are very, very on the top of my list to see. But that was one that I really wanted to check out. And you guys, this had one for it. me is a high recommend as long as you know that this is a three on Letterbox. This is the most three movie that has ever been made. Meaning it is. Got it. It is very solidly right in the middle. Got it. Of how we rate movies. That's kind but of in all a, I expected. In a good way. Yeah. Um, and the enjoyment that I had from this movie is like extremely high, like meaning (laughs) compared to all these other movies, like I might put holdovers like four and a half out of five on Letterboxd, but I probably enjoyed this movie just as much. Those are, those Um, are different things. And that's part of the reason it's so hard to rank movies there. It's always these two different things appreciation versus enjoyment. Yeah. And then that middle ground where they meet for some movies, which is like the real sweet spot. And I think I've talked to you about this before, but I'm going back through systematically probably take the rest of my life and sort of reworking my rankings on letterbox because Patrick, Patrick texted me recently. Like (laughs) I was was, having a real absolute breakdown about, (laughs) about how he ranks movies. And he's like, I fucked myself. I fucked myself. I'm so he couldn't get out of the idea. I find the more tiers and levels that I have, the better. And Letterbox has the five stars, but they've got half stars, but they've also got the hearts. So once I started incorporating the hearts, the heart is a big part as of my, levels. Yep, yeah. Now I've got. Yeah. Like three with these, a heart means something totally different yeah, than three without a heart. I got yeah, yeah. 15 levels to run with now instead of, you know, 10 or yeah, five or whatever. Right. And so like I was going to say this when you said it's, it's three, it's right in the middle. If I'm ranking something a three or even a two and a half. That's not to me a bad movie. No, That's literally right in the middle. Me neither. And I yeah. think those are always taken as bad rankings. No, they're there not. There are even yeah. things I enjoy that are like poorly made that'll be a two. Yep. You know, or like yep. one. So that that kind of stuff is um Anyway, it, that's a whole other conversation, but I am having a crisis having to go back through all my stuff. You'll get there eventually, yeah. buddy. Anyway. Um, the last movie note I want to make is just that we did do a big run of uh, Halloween movies and we kind of talked off the pod, but I just want to 
get it on uh, get it on tape uh that we watched a f- bunch of halloween movies or rather horror movies that i had never seen that for the most yeah. part Lori had seen which yeah. was the goal because she's she's a little bit more into horror than i am um it's fun i'm glad but, you guys did this. Uh, we did paranormal activity which i uh did enjoy it was better than i thought it would be um shout out to a listener i don't know if you've met my friend sunny who absolutely loves horror movies yeah. um and uh that is probably his favorite <laughs> of all of them laurie kind of prepped me with like this is so scary and i was not scared at all during this movie i but i did appreciate the craft of this being like a very small yeah uh indie movie that these people made in a house and then it blew up into this huge thing and it's it's very well crafted and honestly the the thing that caught me off guard the most was that it's really well written if there was even a script sure i don't know if there was a script well well conceived and thought out yes. i guess and structured meaning the dialogue the does not take away it adds to the like intelligence factor of these two people yeah um yeah. and you i mean like go, blair witch oh, feels yeah. very like real found you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, you buy right, it i right. think and that it's been a while for me, um but. we watched interview with a vampire which i really did not care about i'm yeah. glad we watched it because it's it's of a certain time and it's it's very specific it and i'm also like at the time I'm also like, how was this a movie that came out 94 that came out at yeah. all? Like it almost feels like it's a, it's a weird porno without the porn. Yes. It was built around the sexuality of all these male stars, but in 94, it just feels, it's a weird time. It feels very weird. Um, it's also uh, famously like the movie that Brad Pitt was the most miserable on, right? Like sure. there was a weird that. competition <laughs> between him and Tom Cruise, which you could understand. Yeah. And he, uh, famously or infamously had called i don't know if it was a producer director and said look i'm i I can't it was night shoots and all this other stuff and he's like i'm dying here he's like this isn't what i thought it was gonna be what would it cost me to get out of this and (laughs) they responded very matter of fact 40 million dollars yeah right and he said it was actually great for me to get that because all the motivation i needed at that point was like like it was like okay i have to do this there's no wiggle room out so i can stop thinking about it yep he's like and that was the focus i needed he was like it's a good lesson to learn good for him that i i'm glad i asked and didn't just go through it because hearing that i was like okay no choice yep let's gotta do it yeah focus yeah Yeah. i don't like that movie Um, either though uh, we watched The Lost Boys. I had never seen. Really enjoyed that. That's one where I fun. I would have it's liked fun. to have seen that a long time ago because yeah. I think I would have gravitated more towards it. When you're it. watching like the Goonies and stuff. Yeah, it's that's, right, that's it's right just in there. a fun. Yeah. Um, we watched Little Shop of Horrors, which I hadn't seen oh, since wow. I was little. Okay, and when I was it, Yeah, I've seen it. Um, that's the only one out of this list that I had seen. Um, that's, we and, saw that on Broadway when Lori Justin had and I were never in New York. Seen, yeah. And it was a black. Oh, Lori had never seen it. That's okay. why we watched that one. Um, yeah. And uh, that's great just because it's a Frank Oz movie. He's obviously the master. Sure. He's the pig. <laughs> He's the Yoda. <laughs> He's the, but he, he, I mean, one of my favorite movies is his Bowfinger. You yeah, know? sure. Uh, Plus anyways, Moranis is great. It's just a yeah, great, great story. Um, and then uh, American Werewolf in London. I got around to watching my uh my 4k uh restoration sure, sure. on arrow uh blu-ray um and uh did i love this movie did i really enjoy this movie Ooh, ooh! i'm um, surprised to hear this i thought you were gonna be i thought this you were is the really one i was fun. most afraid of, or most afraid of most excited for sure, out of yeah, this of course. list 
And um, I really appreciate the weird pulpy nature of this movie. Right. right. I really appreciate the insane uh, visuals of this movie yeah. and all of the great yeah. makeup. Like obviously this stuff. is, this is a groundbreaking movie for its era. Sure. Sure. Um, but it didn't, that, it was stay, lacking for you. Huh? It didn't stay with me the way that I thought this would be an iconic movie in my head. Sure. It's yeah. An iconic movie in history, but I, um, I'm surprised. I, no I, judgment. I'm I just enjoyed surprised. it, but I, uh, it would, yeah, it maybe it'd been of, built up a little too much. I think it, you. I think it was, I think it yeah. was. Um, and then the last one I'll mention is child's play. I, I had never seen. Oh. And so like context for <laughs> Chucky, I've never I didn't seen, have any. I've never seen child's um, play either. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> It is the worst movie out of this list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but it is the uh, most uh, like silly 80s horror out of this list also, which has its own like merits. It's got know? its place, right? Uh, too. Yeah. Like that's yeah. it is what it is. There is one that I wanted to I kind of yeah, forgot about and I'm seeing on my list. But shoot. did you see Annabellum? No, I didn't. Is that good? Yeah, I, I am recommending Bellum to you. Um, I don't know how anyone else felt about it. I haven't read any no reviews. I haven't looked it. at anything. It came and that's kind of no one saw it. Yeah, let me just say that it was a different movie than I thought, and it was mm-hmm. a different movie than I think was promoted in the trailers, and I think that was intentional. That tracks. Um, I don't want to say too much more because yeah, they until were you've trying seen to it, hold on I don't to some, spoil it. some of the story, right? Yeah. But I will say that the way this plays out and the twist in this. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, wow, this is so much better to me. And the the way they've decided to go with this, I prefer so much to what they did with Don't Worry, Don't Worry, Darling. Yeah, right. Which are right. both similar. Right, right. But this one to me, I, the whole, I was like, okay, yes. I get I prefer, that. I can I prefer, see that. I prefer. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it was solid. And um, Janelle Monae is great. Um, She's really good. Yeah, it's, dude, check it out for sure. It, I found it very compelling, very, uh, you know, horrifying when it should have been and, yeah. and just clever. I thought it was creative and well done. So, I gotcha. Um, let me know what you think when you've seen um, it. But. Let's talk about some TV if we're at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, we got a whole last season of Welcome to Wrexham since the last time we talked. And uh, so it's 15 episodes. Uh, and uh, I really enjoy that. Boy, I enjoy has the story. that replaced the Ted Lasso. It turns out I just needed soccer shows in my <laughs> life. And, I, and it yeah, has right. nothing to do with the soccer but boy, no. is that the warming my heart show. I, I had tears in my eyes Agreed. in a couple of those episodes. They do such a good job of telling people's stories. And those stories are end up being very emotional. Um, and some of the stuff, the way it came together and just is the, the way you would write it in a cheesy Hollywood yeah, movie. Right. But the fact that it has also happened is just very special. It feels like we've all you know, they've gotten to look through the window of something that we would have never known about. Had these two weirdos not decided to buy a soccer team, hundred percent. It's yeah. just such. It's all so random, and it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that it exists, and there's a show, and it was great. I, well, I really, well said, really yeah. love it. Anyway, um, did you watch the South Park special? Welcome to the Panderverse. Of course, yeah. of course. And uh, yeah, you know, they, the, South, the Park South Park guys just always great. they keep doing it. They really take apart Disney and uh, Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy and all those people. <sighs> so great. So, so um, hey, I had mentioned to you. Did you watch any of the very short treks? Kelly, of course I did. I watched every one of How the very short How good are those? <laughs> so random, crazy, hilarious. I found myself sending certain ones yeah. to people who have nothing to do with Star no, Trek. No, no, just because they'll like, Please watch it, yeah. this weirdness and let It'll me know. It'll take three minutes. Yeah. Uh, some of them, two or three of them, I think there were six maybe. Yeah. Two or three of them really 
nailed it for me. I think it's five stories, and then there's a sixth that's like a maybe a making of or something yeah, like that. Something like or that. a background. Boy, are these um, random and weird and just a great creative exercise type of thing. You've seen the the viral stuff that that creator made, right? It's from the creator of Too Many Cooks. I don't think I have. I don't think I had any context for this at all. Look up Too Many Cooks. Okay. It's a, I think it's, I think, uh, let me write it down. Yeah. So Too Many Cooks is this YouTube video that is probably actually like a cart. It might be an adult swim thing. Uh, let me see. Too Many Cooks is, uh, is a comedy short from 2014. It's almost 10 years old. And I think it is, it's a, you know, this is what Wikipedia says is a surreal black comedy short that originally aired, uh, during adult swims infomercials block on October 28th, 2014 at 4 (laughs) AM Eastern time. Back when times matter. Created, written and directed by Casper Kelly produced by William street. And, uh, if you have not seen too many cooks, go watch it because it's insane. And, uh, it's, um, it's the same creator. Okay. So that for some reason, the star Trek universe went to someone that made one of the most disturbing, (laughs) smart, but disturbing, weird things of all time and said, Hey, do you want to make, uh, animated shorts. So that's what these are. So Star Trek has something called short treks, which yes. are short Star Trek stories in recent years following the recent Star Trek shows. Um, but like stuff that fits in between episodes yeah. or whatever. And which they're I really, okay. I really enjoy okay. they have them. Some they're, are better yeah. than others, yeah. but um, these are animated and they are very short treks. So they aren't. And they're in the style of the old Star Trek, the original, the original cast animation. animation. Yeah. Which um, but did. the, the ideas, writing, creativity put forth in these is far and away higher and better than any other Star Trek content probably right, right now. Right. Um, but you're distilled down to obviously two minutes. Hey, look, yeah. the big praying mantis up there on the roof, way over in the left behind the the leaves. I don't know if you can see him. He's hanging upside down. Um, anyways, that's cool. This is uh, why I would be dead <laughs> if I was in nature because I don't see him. But yeah. anyways, um, so I highly recommend those even if, I mean, I was going to say, even if you don't like Star Trek, but it, just because they're so Probably odd, especially funny. if you don't like Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, this is yeah. something I was going to comment on and I'm not complaining about this, but we are in such a different place with Trek than we were five, six years oh ago. My God, yeah. The fact that something like this could ever exist. It is strange that it exists, but the world, the universe has been kind of expanded and there's different tones and things included and all different variations yeah. and versions of things now to a point that this could exist without, without people being like, wait, no yeah. way, even though it is unusual, but I found them very funny and insane. It's our kind um, of humor. And, yeah. uh, this guy, that created these is, is obviously great. And he's obviously a Star Trek fan. Like this didn't come out of a vacuum. He is a fan and he created these. Um, did you watch the continental? No, I did not. Uh, Don't. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, yeah. Um, I gave up after the first episode. It's crazy that Mel Gibson is in it in a prominent role. Oh, (laughs) I did not know that. I'd miss. Yeah. I was going to say, I think they really went out of their way to not, have him in the marketing materials. Hell, man, now you've told me it's not worth it, but you've made me interested. No, a, a thousand percent. Like, <laughs> I I say that, weird. but I'm also like, still don't watch it because yeah. I, it's not particularly well made or shot or edited or like 
anything. Uh, yeah. It's got a lot of pretty flat performances, but mostly the story is just not compelling. Like it's a three part series. Okay. And I watched the whole first part and was like, I don't give a flying fuck about this. Just trying to capitalize on uh, the, what yeah, has been 100%. successful. And, yeah. Um, so moving on, why don't we talk about Loki? Okay. I wonder before you say that if Mel is still working on Lethal Weapon 5, but let's continue. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I can't speak highly enough about Loki. Uh, Me both too. Both seasons Me too. one and two. You watched the whole second season, oh, yeah, right? Because yeah. it just ended I, a couple I blazed weeks through. Me too. Uh, I, honestly, I, I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough. You know, it's just so I don't think there's a, a missed beat there. Um, it's just the high point. The shows, I think, have been better than the movies uh, for a long time, at least yeah. since, since Endgame. But maybe even before yeah, that of this phase, then there have been some less than great TV shows. Yeah, but there I mean, have we, been we talked about Secret no Invasion. Good movies. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, between WandaVision and this and this mm-hmm. and, and Loki higher up than that. But these are just such so much more creative and, and, and impressive and well thought out and executed, but also just like original. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so original, right? Is that we're watching Marvel movies and we're like, this is the same shit over and over and over and over. And then you watch Loki and you're like, it obviously is in service of that same storyline, but it has so much originality within a world that's familiar they're doing stuff that, like you said, so original and different, which is kind of hilarious because when you think about it logically, you know, the, the idea that you have, um, not only a, a, a whole universe, quite literally all these planets and all these cultures and all these stories. Sure. Yeah, sure. And then you have a multiverse where literally anything is possible. Yep. If yep. you can't find originality in that, yeah, then yeah. that's, that's like almost so sad. And this story managed to find like, yeah, we can literally do for, anything. For whatever reason, this is the pitfall that gets fallen into so many times. I mean, we look at Star Wars, right? And you say, oh, it's it's such an expansive universe. We really want to explore all the things you haven't seen. Here's another Skywalker trilogy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, yep. I really do think for whatever yeah, reason, well, yeah. I don't know why this is the trap that is always the bear trap. That's always stepped into yeah. um, with Marvel. It's more glaring for the reason that you said that it's literally infinite in all the different variations they could do. But that's, what's so great about Loki. Loki is dealing with all of the variations and diving fully into yep. it and taking advantage in every way they could. Really well done. Yeah. And the characters are so great. And Tom Hiddleston, I mean, this is just, the role for him more than maybe anybody else. Like we talk about Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and how it launched everything. Yep. And he's iconic. And I can't really imagine anybody else in that role. Same with Chris Evans and Captain America and everything else. But sure. This version of Loki, this character from the comics, who again, I'm not a huge comic fan. Yeah. He's just so pitch perfect. Yeah. In every way. And all of the surrounding characters have been, and the story beats, the music they use, the settings, the, you know, the art direction. I mean, top to bottom. Masterful. Yeah. I cannot uh, give this higher praise. And I, again, I can't stress this enough. I don't care about this. Like I I didn't start (laughs) giving any shit about this. You know what I mean? And I'm just, it feels like such a gift. I will say, I don't think this is like a spoiler, but there's a, what is it? The 1890 something world's fair episode. Yes. Yes. Like I was speechless. Yes. At how beautiful all of that was. And you're you're watching it and you're like, 
I don't even know how they did this because it is as if they built yep the entirety yep of the that world's fair there's it, the the sets and the environments are so big and perfect and i'm like clearly there's some trickery here with cgi sure. and like all Gotta of this be. yeah but it's flawless and i i again i'm like speechless at how beautiful it was and it's just one fucking episode That's of what I was this say. show for a that episode has nothing to yeah. do with the other locations in the show and oh god anyways i loved yeah. it i loved it high um, high 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 praise um i'm glad you also love say. it yeah yeah but yeah it's undeniable man i don't know it, it yeah. might not be your thing right but i don't know that there could be any other criticism of it right other than you know that's just not my thing um i also i know that you've got plenty more to get sure, through uh, no, i don't like, have a lot to shoot. say about this yeah, i yeah. just want to mention it as a humble brag for myself Okay. I finished Clone Wars all seven uh, seasons. Hell yeah, good for you, man! I, I blazed through. I found out around season three that I'm also supposed to watch Rebels. Yeah, in right. order to have all my Ahsoka right, right, background. Right. So I am going to start that. I had to come up for air first. Yeah. Um. But uh, it was actually well, Rebels really isn't very long. Rebels is what not, like two not seasons or something. Yeah, not or as long. This was seven seasons, 130. Yeah, yeah. So you did the heavy seasons. lifting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. But I am. Um. I will say. Should I do it at some point? I, I, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, Kevin, our listener and friend Kevin said yep. it best. He said, Clone Wars is the version of the prequels that works. That is good. Yeah, He's right. like, this is the medium that it should have been told in to begin with. He's right. like, I know it was going to be features. And and again, I'm a feature guy. I'm a movie sure. guy. I, it's undeniable that the best stuff has moved to series and things. And that's why I'm I'm embracing it. And I don't necessarily like that you have to see everything for anything else to work. Yeah. But I'm trying to do that because of that. But with all those, that bitching aside, um, Clone Wars was really enjoyable and you could see why they kind of turned the keys over to Dave Filoni. Yeah. It's not that every single episode bar none is a masterpiece, but it's just the overall tone idea the way they tell these stories is really, really well done. Um, I don't want to say any more until you see it, but definitely check it out when you have a chance. That's cool. Um, yeah. I just think it's worth it. Can't speak to Rebels yet. Can't speak to like Bad Batch and all these other shows. But that one particularly, having gone through the prequels, disliked the prequels, being yeah. angry about them, and then ultimately coming to peace with them and having things I enjoy about them, uh, it was a fun. It was a fun ride to go on. I'm uh, I'm making some notes here because in the winter here I'm going to have some time off, enough time that I might binge some things. Yeah. And yeah. the other one that I want to binge, which I'm not sure if it's worth it, but I think this For All Mankind show on Apple that's now in its fourth season, I think yeah. I'd like to get on that train. Man, I've had that written down for so long. Yeah, and I it just it gets in lost in the, in the madness of all the shit. So but I, I think that one is one that I probably should do. I hear you. Um, anyway, so other television. Have you started this new um, Western on Paramount Plus, Laman Bass Reeves? No, I haven't. I know about it, but I have not. Um, I would say it's one of the better pilots I've ever seen. I have awesome. not. What there are now three episodes, okay, uh, live okay. Uh, on there. Um, and it is. I thought it was like a Taylor Sheridan show. He is an executive producer. He is not the creator. Not he is baby. not the writer. He is not the director. So it's not his thing. It's a bunch of other people. And then he is EP probably more in name only because it's okay. a Western on sure. Paramount. Yeah. And yeah. like he Why consults he? Yeah. or something. But like he's not the showrunner um, or anything. Not at all. And uh, 
that first step, I cried. Like I, the, wow. the first episode really, I thought was out fucking standing. Um, will it hold up though? Because that first episode is the exposition for the rest of the show. Got and it. so I have a feeling it's going to slow way down and it will probably still be very good. Gotcha. But I just, I think that's my expectation. Um, but anyway, okay. high recommend. On, well, good. On good to hear. Yeah. Um, did you notice I have not watched this yet, uh, but this a- Amazon reality show called 007 Road to a Million. Yes. And you know what? How two weird of, is that? Two of my friends have uh, sent me a message and said, hey, man, they know I like Bond. They yeah. know I love Bond. Yeah, yeah. But they said, check this out. This is actually real. They both said this is actually really worth it. So now I'm kind of like, so we, should I take the time? Have I, you watched any of I it? I clicked it the other night and I was like, let's check this out. Because I was not interested even though I thought the idea was funny. And then I got those messages. Well, so I here's how far i got there's the intro <laughs> okay <laughs> that brian cox yeah brian cox is the host of the show sure and uh it is produced by eon Productions. so you got barbara broccoli and uh mike uh will michael g wilson yeah, that and, crazy son um, of a bitch yeah and um uh, I think Michael's part of it. Is he alive still? I don't yeah. remember. No, he, Anyways, is. Yeah. he is. So the point is that it's from the people that make Bond. Right. And it's Amazon right. and it's got tons. They have tons of money. So it's like a cinematic reality. So it's the amazing race, but with Bond beats and Bond soul. Sure. And Bond sure. cinematography yeah, and action. Sure. And it's fun to compete. Um we watched like the, the intro and maybe the first like minute of it. And I was like, nah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know what you mean. It, as and you for break me, it down, it's because I don't watch reality. And I was all. a big fan of the amazing race when it came out. See, and but I've never done any 25 of years ago. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, 25 years ago, 20 years I think ago, that was Not the 20, one Adam tried yeah, to get me to, agree years to compete with him on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the amazing race, is by all accounts a great show and it is not it is corny but not as corny as survivor right right um and my problem with this is that it felt too corny okay that's fair and staged it makes sense to me that the bond producers would be in in the land and the world and the time of spinoffs and world building and having to span your your media you know yeah, out i get that it yeah. them refute which i love refusing to do like a bond show or a, a jinx movie you know yeah, if like, you go back to let's maybe do something that they, they would explore something like this so i, I want to yeah. be supportive in that yeah, yeah. way so they don't do the other stuff <laughs> but you think it'll help at if the you same watch time <laughs> i i didn't care from the beginning and i got these messages and i thought maybe i'm wrong and now hearing you say this i kind of feel like i'm going back to the other camp i may turn it on it's a fun see, experiment watch but, the first yeah, five minutes of yeah, it and yeah. be like see can i think. get on board with watching this. i do think brian cox is a fun uh choice to, to bring in for like your yeah right guy right. but um yeah. so I, I i don't know how i feel um have you watched the curse yet no do you plan on it i mean sure but i haven't it's it's not like at the top of my list or anything that's fair so are you i forget you like nathan fielder's shows i love nathan fielder's shows especially that would be the Nathan rehearsal. for you and the rehearsal. Yeah, right. right. Especially the rehearsal. I mean, Nathan for you 
was obviously what brought me to Nathan yeah, Fielder. Yeah, yeah. But also that, as good as I think some of the episodes are, that is what it is. The rehearsal to me felt like this strange work of art and yeah, performance yeah. art. So it's not that I'm not interested in this. And I saw some, him talking about it on um, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but tell, have you? Yeah, but there have been two episodes. The second okay. episode uh, is from yesterday or something like that. And okay. I watched it this morning. Um, Lori hates it. I, I I watched the first episode with her yeah. because I didn't know what it was really. Now I get what it is. It is a it is essentially a scripted drama. Okay. That has some elements of mockumentary in it. I mean, that's different. That's but it different is thing. mostly a scripted drama. Okay. And and an hour long, you know, scripted right. drama. Right. Yeah, that's a different thing too. Different, different format different than what he's worked with and uh Nathan is a dramatic actor in this show <laughs> alongside Emma Stone. Right. I knew Emma was in it. And Benny Safdie. Um, and uh, if you like Nathan Fielder and what his stuff is, then you will probably like this. It is, uh, it is more in the vein of the rehearsal in that it is a weird kind of elevated art. Sure. Than something more straightforward yeah, yeah um but uh i the i think the argument which is totally valid and kind of true but also it depends on how many layers you go with this show is as laurie would say it's just very mean got it yeah and, which i don't love um, here's the interesting thing about nathan yeah. fielder for me his stuff is not the stuff that i like yeah, right. And yet, like, right. it's really not. It, it, it's, I could see what somebody would talk to me about stuff I like and then be like, no, you're not going to like that. Yeah. And yet, especially the rehearsal had such an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. And I've never really unpacked that. I probably never will. Um, but I will check this out at some point. Yeah. Generally speaking, mean spirited stuff bothers no, me. I would agree. Especially with if you. I have to go on a series of it. Uh, or, you know, long, long time with it. It's just something that, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon was too much. You I, know I mean? I like, yes, exactly. I don't see it as mean. I know what she means and why you might say that. I see it as being more of a commentary on meanness. Right. Um, But uh, I don't know. It's it's a conflicting thing i i I, okay. I recommend it though yeah sure um there is a couple of light things here um some new disney stuff um there is a new season of behind the attraction on disney oh i didn't realize that which is great we like yeah, those. those are yeah. just like little uh documentaries about uh different attractions at disneyland so there's a new season with a few things first episode is pirates of the caribbean nice so okay, um, cool, cool. check that out yeah for sure um i don't know if you watch this but there's a short film Excuse me. It's only about eight minutes long on Disney celebrating their hundredth anniversary, which is happening right now, and it's called Disney Once Upon a Studio. I did know about that one. We have um, not watched it. It is on Disney Plus, and uh, it's quite literally, you know, seven or eight minutes long, and it is highlighting and includes basically all of the animated characters from every animated Disney movie wow. that has ever happened. Wow. <laughs> um, and so they all get kind of highlighted. In a very natural way to to celebrate the anniversary. Okay. And it's honestly beautiful and really, really well done because it's live action, but they're all animated. You know what I mean? Yeah, Because they're all different types of animation. 
Sure. Yeah. They're shitty hand drawn yeah. to computer hand drawn yeah. or, you know, computer sure. to yeah. CGI. Why? And so they're all there together and they're all interacting with each other. And it's, I would say, very, very, very well done. Um, just for a quick little seven or eight minute story. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, another beautiful thing that just debuted a few weeks ago and we're catching up on is Planet Earth 3. This is the new BBC series of Planet Earth, which of course is very famous and kind of like originated this genre. All the other streaming networks have caught, you know, yeah. onto this and they have their own, uh, you know, wild animal shows or whatever. But Planet Earth has its own format, which of course requires David Attenborough <laughs> and it requires, um, you know, these little vignettes of all these different animals uh, living their lives and uh, the eco kind of conscious message of all of it. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it, it's a BBC show, but it's, um, it's also on AMC plus, which is a weird uh, streaming network that, uh, some people have anyways. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, you can look up the top ranked, uh, television shows, uh, for IMDb. And this just kind of cracks me up since we're talking about this, but planet earth and planet earth or two are both in the top five shows of all time, of all time. So we love all time, you know, the story of us and earth and, and, you know, we sure do. Um, well, it's also just so masterfully filmed. I mean, they're beautiful documentary series. It's it's hard to, it's hard to argue that. You're going to see stuff Um, that's so gorgeous. And then, you know, who can argue with Attenborough's narration? I mean, either of the Attenborough brothers before. He is still narrating this at 97. I was going to ask, I knew he was at least 95, but I didn't know what he was at. at I mean, I'm sure he recorded this a year ago. Sure. But, uh, wow. Unbelievable. 97. And he's in it. Like in the first episode, he's kind of like, Hi guys, you know, and he's just standing there. He's in the woods or whatever. Sure. And, yeah. um, and he, it's very cool. They have a moment, I think in the first episode, um, where he's like, I was on this Island in 1953. He was there to report on these turtles and he's doing it again. Wild. And you're like, that was 70 something years yeah. ago, man. Unbelievable. And you were 20 then. What that must feel like. Or 25 I, then. I have no idea. And they have the footage because yeah. they filmed it. And so it's a nature show from 1950 something with him talking. Well, and it and it juxtaposes against and you're just like, wow. Unbelievable. These that things are is amazing. These <laughs> things are so amazing anyway, but I but I I don't know what they would be without him and his mm-hmm. voice. So I'm glad he came mm-hmm. back in the in the words of his uh Dearly departed brother, they spared no expense. Yeah, they sure. They brought him back. (laughs) Um, So uh, to round out our TV, uh, there is a new TV show on Apple TV called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Um, And that just started. There have been, they put up the first two episodes. Yeah. And so it is the continuation of the movie trilogy, which is made up of essentially Godzilla. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, Kong Skull Island. Right. And then Godzilla versus Kong. Sure. Um. And uh, Monarch being the mysterious agency that kind of, you know, keeps an eye on the monsters. Um, It's got a pretty good cast. Uh, You got your Kurt Russell and then you got your Wyatt Russell, his son, and they are playing each other in different periods of life. That's cool. That's cool. And uh, so this, yeah, this show bounces around in the chronology of Monarch. And uh, so far, I really like it. Um, I think it's, it's big budget. It's fun. Um, I would say that the only 
Oh, and like the showrunner and the director um, or the creator and the director are uh, have a really great pedigree. Like you look up their resume and they've only made really prestige television. So I'm like, yes. I think this show by the end is going to be a very good show. Um, big CGI and fun stuff. Um, the only <laughs> The only thing I don't like about this show is that one of the characters is played by Anders Holm from Workaholics. Anders being the tall, like good looking one. Right. He is really bad. <laughs> he is not a good actor. <laughs> and I'm not sure why he's in this. Okay. And I'm not sure why. Cause he's, he's essentially alongside other people that are better than him. Yeah. Even though they're not yeah, much better tough. than him. Like Wyatt Russell is not a particularly great actor. It's cool. Cause he looks like his dad and, and yeah. you know, he's playing, you know, anyways, it's that thing you can't, but you right. can't get around yeah. that, yeah. But um, but Anders is uh, not so great. Okay. okay. Um, Fair and enough. then lastly, last night, television, big television, um, thing was the F one race in in Vegas. We watched that, uh, oh. and we were delirious. But it was uh, <laughs> it was at ten p.m. and it was roughly a two hour race. So you know, ten sure. midnight last night, we watched the F one race, and that was kind of fun. That is um, fun. It's a <clears throat> a big big mess over there in Vegas right now with this. Um, but uh, anyways, that's all the TV I've got. You got anything else in that? Category? I was just going to ask, you've been keeping up with Rick and Morty. I mean, that's not anything new. You still on board with that or not? Um, is there's not a new season. Is there, there is. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They've been going through uh, their new episodes. Really? Yeah. Um, it's rare that I don't know about a new season. Yeah, I know. It's surprising um, to me. So this is the first I'm hearing of it. Um, yeah, I see that. Uh, so that would be we're we're at six episodes into this new season. Wow, I did not know that. This is the first so time no, I've in never, the sixty-one episode history of movies never, and shit that Kelly didn't know about something being out, and I did. So this is a moment. This is so <laughs> wild. I don't know I how to feel. Quite about it. literally, didn't know this. Yeah, the first one aired October fifteenth. Um, this is also cool. this is also speaks to the incredible volume <laughs> of, well the incredible volume of things that there are yes and how easy it is to admit i mean we do the obviously we don't do this professionally we have jobs but we do this as like the primary thing that we pay attention to outside yes. of our right, work right. and our relationships a lot of energy and time and it, it goes is into difficult this, yeah. to keep up with stuff man i can't believe is. i didn't know that yeah wow um, anyway, check it out get caught up we'll talk i blame them for not <laughs> marketing it better I, I do too it's weird because i I, any time I have like an ad on Instagram or, you know, like that's how you kind of yeah. remember stuff. Yeah. They usually um, come to you nowadays. I do that's pretty religiously every month or two. Check the uh, various websites that have like upcoming TV schedules. I know that you do. So like, how is it that I don't know? No idea. And it? I can tell you, we only know because, you know, you cut on the Hulu app and yeah. it popped up. Also, so like, oh, it's new. I'm on Hulu almost daily. Yeah, there weird. was no weird. bubble that was like <laughs> very strange, Rick man. very strange. How weird. Know. Okay. This anyways. is shocking to me. Yeah, um, it's very but, confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a little like, like a uh, parallel universe. Kind yeah. Of There's other parallel universes where you've seen all of them. <clears throat> I wouldn't worry about right. it. Right. Um, so let's talk about some news. Um, the uh, WGA and SAG strikes are tentatively over. SAG strike is more tentative based on a, tentative deal i think yeah. they're still finishing up that 
Um, but uh, that's really good news for all the productions uh, that can Great get news. back into uh, into work now. A lot of people are really, really struggling. I know that we've heard peripherally from a lot of friends in the industry that are not writers or actors, that they just have been yeah. absolutely destroyed by yeah. this thing. And um, I know of one company in particular that I'm friends with that does a lot of film and TV work, a big company that's hugely, hugely successful in their own right that just closed recently. Right. And uh, and I, I attribute a lot of that to the lack of work for like six to nine months. It sucks. I'm um, when still you don't so have angry. money coming in. Yeah. You, what do you do? You're a company, uh, especially like you, there's no golden parachute. You just I'm still so pissed money. about it. And I yeah. just think everybody should. I mean, we're happy that it's over, but it's mm-hmm. just. The same, the same, excuse me, the same pieces of shit that, yeah, are, yeah. Always, that are always pieces of shit are still pieces of shit. Yep. Nothing ever and changes. It's yeah. just so uh, depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of depressing, some people passed away. Matthew Perry very famously <sighs> died. Know. He was only 54. Um, that's a, that's a shocking one. And, uh, you know, everybody, pretty much everybody knows that he really struggled a lot over the years, but I really did like him. And, he was just um, likable. It, it's both shocking and not shocking. Yeah. Right. You were just hoping for the best better, I uh, and know, um yeah. yeah it's a real bummer man you know friends was at least, at least for my age of, of a staple and really a staple for all of american america yeah. watching television right. at least back when we had sitcoms and it was regular tv and to me i've said this before it was it's not just that it was maybe my favorite sitcom but um because of when it hit but i really do think it was the last big water cooler sitcom show that we ever had sure seinfeld was right before it and that was obviously just Uh as big but um after that you know by the time friends ends lost in 24 on tv and the landscape of television is changing and production value and that just feels like the curtain call to me for Mm -hmm. that and and it's also just conceptually whether you like the show whether it's your style of humor conceptually i mean that is a high concept. This is applicable to kind of everyone, right? This is the friends group that you have, right? Yeah. When you finish school, you haven't figured out your life or your family yet. And um, he was a huge part of that. Uh, yeah, huge you part. could argue that he was his the I w- most memorable I character. Would see, I would say, yeah, in my mind, he is he is the kind of the best friend. He's certainly the one we um, quote the most. He he's the one. He had an inflection and the way he delivered yep. stuff that became that his sarcasm became timing what we said. and his uh, just general sense of humor and everything and likability was the highest of all of those people. Even though I love Matt LeBlanc too, yeah. Um, yeah but sure. the they're rest of good, them, right? they're all great. Yeah, but I yeah, it is it is yeah. sad to think about. And I will also remind everybody to watch Fools Rush In, my favorite Matthew Perry movie. <sighs> also, um, a great one. I need to revisit love, that one. Love Fools Rush. And I, you know, the one more thing I'll just say about I'm glad I'm really glad they did their re, their HBO reunion. Yeah, a couple years when they ago. They did it. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I mean, you could see then. That it, the years had really, you know, he had been through it, yep. right, more yep. than the others because of the life he he led was. He was kind of emotional on that, I think, because yeah. he was, just and it was kind, kind of beautiful. Of, they got to. I'm just glad they got together. It's very yeah. sad, but I'm glad they had that moment at least before that happened because it, it it is a it's a sad thing. 100. Um, percent Moving on. Uh, also, Suzanne Summers passed away. She was yeah. a big part of yeah. television when I was little. You know, Step by um, Step was one of the TGIF shows that exactly. I watched when she was the mom. I didn't know about Three's Company at the time, but right, well, yeah, yeah. we were a little too, yeah. yeah. But um, she was struggling with some health issues, and uh, um, yeah, sorry. By all accounts, though, one of the sweetest people. Um, I read a couple things that just some of her co-stars said. Yeah, and they were very complimentary about her really being there when you don't see it in life mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Which I think speaks volumes a good about person. an individual. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, back to uh, other uh, f- more fun uh, movie news. Uh, a couple of movie theaters have reopened in LA, and I'm fucking thrilled because yeah. I'm going to have a lot of uh, free time coming up over the yeah. winter. And I will be frequenting these. But uh, firstly, the Vista, the long-awaited reopening. And long-awaited. Uh, Quentin, Quentin bought this movie. So the Vista is in um, uh, kind of East L.A., Los Feliz area. And uh, Quentin Tarantino bought this theater to be his second theater other than the new Bev. Right. He bought it at the beginning or mid, mid-pandemic, I think mm-hmm. mid-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was and, one of the news that got us excited when we oh were so God. bored. <laughs> he, he, right. And, uh, he really, like, I have a piece of art on my wall of the Vista right. yeah. with the marquee saying to be continued because yep. it said that for so long. It's awesome, by the way. And, uh, and, uh, so Quentin bought it and kind of refurbed it and it took a really fucking long time, but this theater is going to also show film, you know, movies and, um, and uh, right now they're showing Eli Roth's new movie, which makes sense because he's such a Quentin ad guy. Um, yeah. uh, either Eli Roth's new movie Thanksgiving, and we actually have tickets to it in a couple of hours. So we'll see. I, I'm waiting on a bed to be delivered. But anyways, we're going <laughs> to we're going to we're going to try to go to the Vista here today. Right. Um, and then uh, the other fun one is the Egyptian, which is a classic 1920s theater. Um, I think 20s the original opening but i could be wrong uh in la and it's uh it was always a really fun theater that was the theater we would go to for like big trilogy screenings i know i watched uh back to the future there i think the trilogy once um and location aside on one hand not a not a good on one hand i think it's cool that it's in hollywood yeah i just wish hollywood was something different but location aside (laughs) he said like echoing (laughs) billions of people who had tried their hand at hollywood Mm -hmm. um there is no theater that I love more than the Egyptian. Um, it's. Just, and that was before they refurbed it. We yeah. don't even have any clue what it looks like. Now, yeah, other I don't, than it's I don't know now. Yeah, yeah. But, but I just, so when I had gotten to LA and I had not been here that long. Yeah. Um, and the movie theater, I would go to the most that I adored the most, mainly because of the programming, mm-hmm. uh, although they were both part of the American Cinematheque, was the arrow. Right. Um, because it was yeah. literally just right around the corner from where I lived for seven, eight years. I had movie pass at the time. I could use that. Um, it was great. And, yep. uh, but Egyptian would have equally good programming. I did not make it up to Hollywood, obviously nearly as much. The parking was always a pain in the ass. Like it always is. But I went to the Egyptian. Maybe the first thing I saw there, I went to a Indiana Jones trilogy, cool, which I'd never watched altogether in the Egyptian theater from the balcony, which is where I liked to sit at that time. Yeah. Um, and walking through those that kind of hieroglyphic style of theater and architecture with the raiders music playing from when they're fucking great in cairo (laughs) fucking great um was one of the most magical and greatest movie going experiences i've ever had obviously indiana jones is what one of the two most important movie series ever to me and going to that in hollywood while trying to make my way through hollywood with that whole environment and that presentation, mm-hmm. it was just beyond the movie. I sat with a fucking smile on my face for like seven hours. Yeah. I didn't go with anyone. I just yeah. went. Yeah. Um, and I could not have been 
happier. And that will stay in my mind as long as I am able to remember my memories. Well, and Um, that's the beautiful part here is that now we get a new chapter in this, which is hopefully a very tastefully done restoration of the theater. So as not to get rid of all of that. I I think that's, I think that's the case. I I think so too. I've looked at some Um, pictures too from like the opening. I think think Netflix bought this place, which is kind of ironic, but but it also (laughs) makes sense because Netflix right now, even though fuck Netflix, but they have a lot of kind of more prestige uh, programming right now. Um, from like Wes Anderson and David Fincher and all this stuff. And they're trying to probably use this theater as a, um, you know, a screening platform. space yeah, and platform. a platform of going, you know what? We really do like theatrical stuff. We just, uh, you know, they're obviously not pumping. It's, it's weird to me because like, it wasn't all quite on the Western front, this recent one, a Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah. And that I just saw in physical form at, Best Buy the other day and I'm like that's interesting that there's a disc copy of this because it's a Netflix movie right so these are examples of where they're they're allowing for these things to coexist and they'd be stupid not to especially with the booming sales of physical media I agree so I just think that uh, they're 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 probably making good decisions here Um, I'll just add on one hand I hate this right but on the other hand I really think one of the best hopes for theaters and continuing to flourish is for these streamers to own theaters mm-hmm. and keep them jiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to have their business for well, the streaming. At Amazon home. bought the Culver that, theater that was and right they're using it for the exact same purpose. Right where I was headed with this. So yeah. I get it. I yeah, like it. And if it, they yeah. keep everything rolling and keep uh, mm-hmm. films going like that too and give mm-hmm. that option and they're in the best position to do that then I hope they do that. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you'll yep. always have the tar- the Tarantino outliers or whatever that run their stuff um, and the American Cinematheque and things like that also, which is great. But I think it's, I think it's ultimately a good thing. Um, yeah. And, and I hope it continues. Um, well, I did join American Cinematheque at the lowest level because they are doing the programming along with Netflix at right. the Egyptian. Right. And uh, I was like, you know what? I need to just have this membership because a lot of their screenings are member only but you can yeah. pay the, I think, $85 for the lowest membership right, annually. Right. And you get access to buy the tickets. And so I'm yeah. like, yeah, I need that. Yeah, um, for sure. And so I have tickets to Aliens. I would have rather seen Alien, which was the other day at the Egyptian. But we have tickets. Bo- both cool, though. Yeah, both they're both cool. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, aliens I, I agree with at, you on both um, of those points. At, uh, at the Egyptian in a couple of days. Um, anyways, another. Oh, and this is perfect. Uh, perfect uh, segue. Um, there are three major James Cameron movies that have long since been like ignored when it comes to restoration and physical release. Uh, meaning like you cannot buy high def copies of these movies. The three are the abyss. I was going to guess that true one. lies and aliens. Um, two of those make sense to me. None of those have been available well, I shouldn't say none of them because Aliens did get a high def release at some point because I own it on Blu-ray. But The Abyss and True Lies have been like missing from okay. a lot of catalogs okay. and uh, physical release. And so uh, to start off with The Abyss, the 4K remastered special edition, which is important to me because the the theatrical release of The Abyss is seriously lacking Right. Um, the special edition has the proper ending. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, sure. That you want. Sure. Um, and so that will be in theaters December 6th. So I'm excited to see that Word. in theaters. Okay. Word. And then in March, 
all three of these movies uh, will be on 4K Blu-ray. Um, and so they're obviously just giving them a little theatrical. So I would imagine they might do a True Lies release again as well, yeah. the 4K remaster. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so very excited about all that. Um, also in the news, uh, we're get we uh, supposedly it is confirmed now that we are getting a real National Treasure movie with Nick Cage coming back, co-starring Keanu Reeves. Amazing! So excited! Amazing! For that. Probably uh, the most exciting. <laughs> you know, those two have uh, orbited each, one another, another. <laughs> in the same space for so long but as not, like beloved, exactly, maybe yeah. not taken as seriously, but beloved and yada, yada, yada. Right, right. And the fact that they are going to come together for a national treasure, no less <laughs> of is, all things really yeah. is. Ex- I'm not being uh, joking here. Like it really is exciting. Yeah, to it me. is. I'm, it like, really very, is. I'm pumped for that. So. Um, also uh, in the news, a couple of like, uh, um, release date things. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 got delayed to summer of 2025. So mm. whatever. Uh, um, I I enjoyed thoroughly the last one, but I also think it suffered from a few things. We talked about it, of course, but like, I just hope they take the time to, I don't know. I hope they take the time to get it right, but get I also right, feel yeah. like the longer space between these yes, two, agreed. the worse. Agreed. Like, agreed. I don't yeah. know, man. That's strange to me. How much, I get that COVID pushed some stuff. They were going to shoot these together and have them well, they, releasing back to back. They did shoot a lot of it together. They still did? Because I thought did, they had yes. scrapped that completely. No, but I probably there, there are portions of it that for sure were already shot. I don't know to what extent. Oh, but yeah. um, And then okay. All the, right, well, the next one is a little more promising. Dune Part 2 got moved up to March 1st and that's exciting oh, and it's okay. confirmed that we're going to get an IMAX 70 millimeter release which is the you know full format yeah. big size one I am very excited to see the second part of that I think a lot of how I feel about the first one will be determined in the second one um if that makes sense I with think Dune. that's fair yeah. uh, you know considering I, I didn't read the book I would agree sure yeah, yeah. and and I know the story overall sure, not yeah, yeah. from reading all the books but from doing a lot of deep dives on like essays on it and stuff like that sure sure but um but I am kind of pumped I mean and I and I you know I'm, I'm ready uh, I was ready to see that at the end of this year so I'll be ready to see that next uh, year. I'm gonna mention a few upcoming things I'm very excited that in 10 days November 27th or 29th we're getting a uh, a new season of slow horses. Uh, oh. One of my favorite shows on yeah. Apple TV. So, yeah, I also am um, very excited. I'm exciting. up to speed on that. So Did I will you be know jumping in also for... in that same vein that Fargo is coming back in a couple of days. I not only knew that I was going to mention that on this podcast nice. because I am very jived. Um, Last season, I thoroughly hated. A lo- most people did. But I- the ones before that. I really liked. Didn't yeah. hate last season. Um, I've liked all of them, but you were in the they're definitely the majority for that. But I will also say that. I have not watched one season of Fargo in real time. Hmm. After the fourth season ended, I watched all four you went seasons. Back. Okay, got it. So this will be the first one that I'm on board. I'm a big From fan the of the show. Yeah. I was a fan of the movie. I'm kind of a fan of the whole how the show kind of came like off the of the universe, movie. Yeah. And then the sort universe. of rethought it in a mm-hmm. bunch of different versions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not multiverse, but it feels appropriate to the multiverse era in a way. Yeah. And, and that and I just find it very fast. I find the whole existence of the show fascinating. Yeah. And I find it well done and well told. And I'm I'm really pumped for this season. Is this going to be the last season? Oh, I don't know. 
I thought maybe I was maybe. right that this yeah. was going to be the last season, maybe. but who knows? Anyway. I mean, they would probably be good to end it. Um, but, I, I think uh, yeah. better sooner than later. Leave them wanting more, I always say. Um, I, I had texted you this a while ago, but there's this uh, uh, this documentary of sorts called Timeless Heroes, Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford coming to Disney Plus on December 1st. Yes. So yes. that looks really good. Christmas it's come like early. A, yeah, it's kind of like a documentary about uh, – Harrison and his Indiana Jones. I will eat it up with a spoon, man. Yeah, I know. That's exciting. Um, We're also getting a, what looks to be a very fun action movie from John Woo called Silent Night for Christmas. Yeah. Am I wrong to be pumped for that? Because I'm pumped for that. It's (laughs) fucking great. I know John Woo kind of had his big era and then people started. I think we're ready for a fun John Woo movie. But man, yeah, from the very beginning of seeing that, I was just like, yep. Let's do it. Let's do this. Um, I was trying to convince Jess. Let me uh, me talk about a few trailers that uh, I've seen recently that I think are worth mentioning. Have you seen the trailer for Lisa Frankenstein? No, you should, you should watch it. Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah. So it's a play on Lisa Frank who was those like binders, but it's Lisa Frankenstein. Wait, I have Diablo Cody. Yeah. Diablo Cody. Okay. I wasn't. And directed by. For some reason I couldn't remember the name. Zelda Williams. Robin Williams daughter. So that's right. My mind just exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all of this. It's yeah, all yeah, come yeah. back to yeah, me yeah. now. Um, I will, I will check it out. It looks I will be thoroughly to check it so out. fun. Yeah. So I think it that's does. exciting. Um, how about the new, uh, Matthew Vaughn movie, Argyle have looks seen the really fun. That too. Also. Yeah. I'm the stuff he does. I'm there. I mean, I'm so just, into the Matthew Vaughn, yeah. uh, multiverse. Can I ask you, <laughs> don't want to go on a long yeah. uh, discussion about this, but initially, yeah. I knew he was expanding the world for Kingsman, but there was going to be a Kingsman trilogy. And I see in his IMDb, there's that's not even on the in development or upcoming at all anymore. Yeah, weird. I don't know. And it's because we got the two and then we got the spinoff, Kingsman, right? And the so discussion the Kings, at the time was Kingsman there was going to be a third one. is going to be. That's getting a sequel. That's getting a sequel. Which presumably um, will take place at World War II if you take the end of the first one. Right. This is going to be like the Hitler story because they did World I, War One. I, I, uh, I think that's fair. I think they. I, I, feel like i remember recently hearing about the third uh kingsman but i i don't know i just love taron edgerton and that's my favorite version of that story more right. than the king's man agreed yeah but anyway argyle's a totally different thing and i'm excited um, for it and how we'll about uh, ghostbusters frozen empire i saw that it looks there, fun i, don't I know. saw that there was a trailer for that yeah yeah and i haven't watched it yeah, check it out i will go to it i'm sure it'll be a good time yeah this is kind of how i felt about um I guess this is inevitable. We know what they're doing. But with uh, with uh, Expendables, the original oh, Expendables, yeah. this is the same way I found out when they were doing trilogies of those that I was like, oh, the whole idea, I thought, was to bring all these action stars back to do one last thing. Yeah. And then they <laughs> but inevitably, it. <laughs> it's a launch of a new series. And so Ghostbusters, I'll be there. But it's always, you know, it gets a little watered down to me when I'm like, oh, you weren't just coming back to do the installment and put the nail in it you're speaking of coming back to something did you see that there is a trailer which i saw in the theater the other day for a new planet of the apes i did and i that blew my mind i'd kind of been waiting for a minute there i thought maybe they were just doing the trilogy they were done the new one i fully thought they were honestly because they should have been that might have been the choice to make that trilogy is real good i don't know that there's ever been a stronger spin-off reimagining like reboot right i would agree with compared you. to the originals not not knocking the originals but um, so strong this new trilogy so i don't know either where we're the, headed the and two matt reeves ones i find to be kind of masterpieces and then this one 
looks not great. Right, which is usually what happens when you get into four or five, six, as opposed to well, just one, like the two, original three. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I mean, listen, the um, strong, yeah, yeah. How about anyway. the trailer for the Fall Guy? The Ryan Reynolds also also movie. ready, also very ready. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling. Oh, right. Did I say Reynolds? Yeah, but that's all right. Of course, it happens I all the time. Gosling, yeah. Ryan Gosling is having a moment, and uh, I think we should all just embrace it. Um, he's just Ken. Yeah. yeah it's um <laughs> And else then uh we I've seen uh, they they've been playing it to death but the Iron Claw trailer uh the Which I mentioned earlier. Movie, yeah. Um it looks real good. I mean I'm way into that. I'm I, I'm ready. I yeah. think it looks great. Yeah. Um I hope it's as good as I want it to be. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. I, and I, of I'm course we also got an Aquaman trailer. <laughs> and I'm just like I feel oh, the opposite. My God. I feel the opposite they, about that. They uh they're still releasing it even though of course the DC universe is all fucking upside down and yeah. uh I think all these people are fired as these characters by now but they got to release the movie. Um <sighs> I watched even, Momoa on um Saturday Night Live hosting last night. Oh yeah. Um and you know promoting the movie and I just remember feeling like when he Ugh. said that just like god i don't care at all yeah right anyway. i don't know that i'll see it um we'll see yeah i i feel the same way i really I don't, don't know that i'm going I don't to know that. because like when you know that the era is dead and that the character may not live on in this form it's when like i already felt the way i did about the first what's one the point <laughs> yeah um anyway, yeah i'm with you that's all i got for news and upcoming and trailers um Can i just mentioned uh, yeah, circling please. back just a little bit but i just want to mention two things real quickly since we talked about the theaters jess and i went to the new beverly and saw can't hardly wait um about a week ago sure so much fun to revisit that one man that was the high school movie for me um i saw that once like a couple of years ago but i did not see it when it came out the I way that you did i don't yeah. think there's a comedy it really it came out the year my brother graduated okay, i would have been yeah. in eighth grade at that time yeah it's a little but it early, feels yeah. like the movie that represented <laughs> how high school was when i was there I see. and these clicks and how people were and how we dressed and how we talked sure, to everything yeah. else more than any other high school movie so it's always had a special place in my heart but i really do think it's just really really well done it reminded me how much movies relied on the soundtrack and how the soundtrack used yeah. to set the tone yeah. and carry the movie and give it pacing sometimes and would really provide the flavor of the film so much in that stretch in the 90s with those high it school movies. It does feel like we've really gotten away from popular music uh, from, you yeah. know, I mean, meaning it's missing from soundtracks completely. today. And, yeah. and Quentin just, uh, as always, just nailed it. I mean, the trailers that ran before it were She's All That, mm -hmm. uh, Josie and the Pussycats, mm -hmm. and Bring It On. Awesome. Which yeah. the crowd, it was completely sold out. I did not think it was going to be. Nice. We shot over there late on a Monday night um, because I finished work in time. And I was like, hey, Jess, do you want to go with me? She's like, let's do it. Yeah. So we rolled in. We bought tickets at the window, managed cool. to find two seats. And people were laughing and cheering at the trailer. So it was a great environment to see it in. Um, and then the other thing is just to mention, shout out, uh, Rachel and Cam listeners and friends. Uh, we finally got around to seeing dogma last night. <laughs> How'd that go? Um, it was great, man. I, I didn't, I, I haven't seen it I wasn't in a very sure. long time. Yeah, yeah. Cause I had not revisited in so long and growing up, that was the most important Kevin Smith movie to me. And I think it still is personally. I mean, obviously clerks is his, you know, that's the movie kind of like. Tarantino, it's Pulp yep, Fiction. Yep. But this is sort of my Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, let's say, if I'm yeah, comparing it to Tarantino. Yeah, yep. That's sort of, it just, it, that's well it's said. Yeah, more I, important to me. So it was nice to revisit. I was surprised how much it still impacted me. Affleck and Damon are just incredible together. I do love uh, them in that. In yeah. that movie, doing Kevin Smith's dialogue at, at the top form of Kevin Smith for dialogue. Um, 
and they're one year removed from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, right. And it's it's crazy. right off the back. Yeah. I mean, Rachel and Kim just kept being like, "Oh my god, they're babies!" Like looking at them. Yeah, right. Which is weird now. Um, but also, uh, Rachel who had never seen it. Uh, yeah. Said she really, really. She said it was really better than I thought it was going to be. I was going to sit and watch it, it regardless. It, it just holds up because of how it kind of the story elevates in a way that most of his movies don't yeah. i think and i think that's why i also liked it i do i didn't grow up religious at all and so sure the, and i didn't grow up catholic and that's a yeah. different thing like i was sure very very deep in the church and we were methodist and everything sure. else but but his i mean he weaves so much of that movie and the plot working uh hinges on him knowing dogmatic yeah law and ins and outs so like perfectly i mean like even the stuff that seems kind of silly or whatever you know he's doing recall from like sunday school probably when he's 10 in that movie and that's no small feat man and there's not a you know it all works perfectly there's no plot hole in that way yeah right uh, which was really impressive i didn't mean to go back i wanted to mention those things that's a good call out uh we love dogma um let's do some movie years what do you think let's do it okay it's been a while so uh pop popping my knuckles here so we're gonna start with Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye, the one with Taron Edgerton. No, it's uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Um, Eagle Eye, I'm going to say, was 2008? Nailed it. Well done. Boom. The Iron Giant. Iron Giant was 1999. That's the animated, right? You got it. Uh, Correct. Uh, European Vacation. Oh God! Uh, this is uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah, Europe. yeah. Okay, yeah. making sure I got the yeah, right movies. Yeah. European Vacation, I think, was the second installment in those movies, and I'm going to say that came out in '86, '85. Very close. Darn. Okay. Um, The Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid was '89. Original. Yeah. There yeah. you go. '89. The the one. Patton only. Patton. What I think was nineteen. Oh. Um. I'm going to say Patton was 1970. Correct. Okay. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose was 1997. Yes. Such a great movie. The Godfather. Godfather was 72. Yeah. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Ooh. Um. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Oh boy. Uh. Was it 94? 93. So Son close. Of a bitch. Uh. Gilda. Uh. The classic. Yeah, we had a poster for it in the tour department. I'll say 44. 46. Very close. I know that was a tough one. Man. Um, And lastly, Bridge on the River Kwai. Um, Bridge on the River Kwai uh, was 67. 57. Yeah. Pretty far off on that one. So it came before Lawrence of Arabia. And because uh, that's yeah, David that Lean yeah. and it came before Dr. Zhivago. I thought it came after those. Um, that is uh, about par for the course. You're, that, was, uh, that was my only real big miss. Uh, that was a big miss, but you got the, the other ones you were off by just a year or so. A year or two. Um, yeah. What do you think about this for the Rotten Tomatoes scores? Because we're about to do our next episode will likely be Lord of the Rings. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we're going to do Lord of the Rings. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, it will obviously give me some context for how people feel about these movies. Fantastic. Um, so we're going to start with Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring, I believe critics gave a 94 and audiences gave a 96. 
91 and 95. Okay. Very close. Okay. Um, Should have been 100 and 100, but it is what it is. <laughs> but two towers. Two towers, I think critics gave uh, 94 and audiences gave a 96. 95 and 95. <laughs> so very close. <laughs> that averages out. I'm taking that uh, as yes, a win. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, I think critics gave a 97 and audiences gave a 97. 94 and 86. 86 from, from, from audiences. audiences yeah. So this is interesting because to me, I've long said that that is the one that I think is not weak, but is the weakest of the three. And that's the one that racked up all the awards, right? Yeah. And is often ranked. I mean, I, I know, know it's ranked that, highest on IMDb. Yeah. yeah, right. But it was one of those things where it's, you're rewarding the whole thing with yes, that. Yes. Gotcha. And I do yeah, think right. it's skewed too far positively for that reason, not to knock these movies for any reason. Yeah. Um, Did you pull up the Hobbit movies as here's well? Here's a little surprise. We're oh, doing the boy. Hobbits also. Okay. Here we go. Uh, the Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Critics, 75. Audiences, 65. 64 from critics and 83 from audiences. Uh, audiences being too dangerously polite, too polite. close to Return of the King territory oh, from audiences. Yeah. Give me. I just a, want to point that give out. Give me a fucking um, break. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Did I say that right? Yeah, Smaug. Critics. Critics 58. Audiences 68. 75 and 85. Give me a Great. I also I, I I know that that's frustrating for you, but also I just want to point out that this the middle of three movies is two hours and forty minutes long. <laughs> this we don't know what we want and we don't know what we deserve. That's just the first one, is. by the way. It was two hours and forty nine minutes, uh, all based on a children's and this book. This third one, two hours one and twenty four minutes. I know I keep hearing that. So let's talk about uh, the Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. The worst title of the bunch. Um. <laughs> was going to be titled there and back again, which is the book title. But anyway, um, I'll say for the battle of five armies, critics gave it a 60 and audience. I, Jesus, I guess audiences gave it like a 75. Oh man. You're so incredibly close on this one. 59 from critics and 74 from audiences. So you are dead on. That, that one, one makes man. so much more sense yeah, than the yeah. rankings on the other two. Um, that it's all pretty dumb. Did you, <laughs> did you want to pull, pull? You heard it here, folks. It's all pretty dumb. Did you want to pull the animated <laughs> Hobbit uh, from 77 um, Rankin Bass? And but Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings from '78 and uh, oh my god, I don't <laughs> Rankin Bass. I, I, really, the King. I really don't. I <laughs> just, let's just say I they're started, all, but then I'm like, no, let's I'm just say god. they're all three lower than the Peter Jackson okay. rankings, and they all three should be higher than oh, the Peter I see. Jackson rankings. Interesting. Um, <laughs> well, very good. So <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's it. Do we want to do any hidden gems before we wrap out here? You know, I just wanted to mention last time, and this was a million years ago. Yeah, you had said, hey. Tom mentioned some uh, bad casting choices for movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you were like, hey, see if you can think about that. Surprisingly, it's a fun exercise. Surprisingly right? more difficult than I thought. <laughs> um, I find myself able to talk myself into a lot of different, you know, castings. Yeah. But I did throw this out to a couple friends. And again, I mentioned Rachel and Cam and we hung out with them last night. And Cam immediately was like, Polly Shore, Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that anyone's going to top... <laughs> That's Polly good. Shore and Schindler's List. But I did. It did occur to me 
That was really funny. That Gary Busey in something like The Father. I know that's a random <laughs> deep cut, but he's so that's, insane in real life. That's actually not bad casting. Yeah. That's just different but, casting. But <laughs> would it be? I don't know. One that I that Very really funny. jumped into my mind, and this is the only other one I'm going to mention, because this was actually a very top consideration for casting. Sure. But have you ever heard about the John Travolta and Forrest Gump? No. Casting? No. That they had strongly considered. Oh, interesting. To me, that would have been an absolute train wreck. Um, And I'll tell you why. You know, the fact that he's cast in Phenomenon shows you, like, kind of the idea of what they're trying to, like, why they could go that way. Or even him and Michael, how they could kind of go that way, that sort of childlike wonder and smile Uh that he had Uh and everything in that time period. But to me... The things that people say about Forrest Gump, how they hate on it, when I think it's just a beautiful, perfect movie, all the things that they would have leaned into, in my opinion, with John Travolta that you don't fall into with Tom Hanks, I think the criticism of it would have been justified if John Travolta had been there. Maybe this is just my opinion. Interesting. But I think they would have leaned into the slapsticky comedy too much. I think they would have leaned into all. I just don't think it would have worked on a dramatic level. Uh Uh-huh. I think it would have been very, very corny in ways that I think it seems very genuine. And I don't know why yeah, right. it seems genuine. It just works for some reason with Hanks. Yeah. And that's why I think that would be one included. Anyway, I just wanted to. Very interesting note those, thoughts. Yeah, right. Note those here. Um, do you have a hidden gem this week? I do. Okay. Um, why don't you do yours? Because I need to look at mine. It is um, a movie that I went to in high school when it was in theaters. My good friend, Corey. uh was into bringing me to uh, like more foreign films and indies. Sure, yeah. And there was one theater near us that played those. And this is a movie by a French director uh, named Claude Lelouch, uh, who I think I'm saying that right. Um, he made a movie called a man and a woman, I think. Um, oh yeah. That was, that was a big I know movie. That. Yeah. Um, but this movie is called, and now ladies and gentlemen, and okay. uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast but it really was a very uh let's say pivotal movie in my like high school appreciation of cinema sure yeah Uh, mostly again thanks to Corey for just kind of bringing me to these these lesser known movies because no one knows this movie absolutely no one knows this yeah i don't and i know that director it has never been uh, remastered so it's only available in standard definition i actually recently realized that i don't own it on dvd and i had to like seek out a dvd copy of it um but it's only on dvd um, it is also, funnily enough, free right now on both YouTube movies and Plex movies. Um, I presume they might have ads, but considering that it's not available anywhere, yeah, it, you can yeah. watch it for free on those right now. Well, thank you for um, letting me know that as well. That's yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, it is a movie that I'd be very curious to talk about with you because I loved it. I thought it was sexy great, and interesting. It's Jeremy Irons stars in it. Oh, and wow. He's okay. obviously outstanding and everything. Um, but it is of a very specific style that's a little bit more like mellow and ethereal. And um, I don't know what else to say kind about of experimental, it. Experimental, like French New Wave? No, 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 it's pretty straightforward. It's honestly just about like a bank thief who kind of falls in love with someone. It's like, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more like emotional than, uh, 
straightforward. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to, how else to describe it, but um, I also have not watched it in a long time, but I know it real well. Like when it was out, I probably watched it, you know, 30 times. Sure. Well, that's cool, man. You know, so, Thanks for yeah. bringing that one yeah, up. Yeah. Um, I, You know, this is kind of a going back in our own past, personal past here. Yeah, but, um, right. I don't know if you remember Peter, the guard from Sony. Sure. He was great. Worked yeah, in the yeah. Fallberg and yeah. was in uh, a short film that I did. Yeah. Right. Um, a man and a woman was like his all time favorite. Is film. that right? Yeah. I, he talks so passionately. One of the things I love with movies is talking to people who love movies and what they like, yeah. no matter what their interests are. And he talks so passionately about a man and woman. It's the only reason I've seen it. Um, That's interesting. We stood there chatting for because 10, I have never minutes. seen that movie. And it's um, look. I mean, it's one of those. Why would you write? Like, I mean, I. I'm not saying there's no way I could have gotten to it. No, yeah, sure, time. sure. But um, but yeah, I'll never forget that conversation we had, and um, I always equate that movie to him. So this being the same director, I'm, I'd be I'm curious if the tone of a man and a woman is similar because I would equate, I would say that the tone of like man of uh, and now ladies and gentlemen is like gentle. I'm guessing they're totally different based on what you've said, but I yeah, might right, be wrong. Right, I might right. just be reading that wrong. No, no, no. But, yeah. but we'll talk about it once. Um, obviously, yeah, we're check it out. When, next time we do a regular podcast, maybe we'll get to it. Totally. Whenever that uh, that day comes. Well, I've got two hidden gems. Great. That I wanted to mention, and I didn't bring them up during movies we've seen um, since last time because uh, I wanted to bring them up now. Sure, go for it. But two that I just really, really enjoyed that I'd not gotten to, and they came out. They both came out a couple years ago. Um, did you ever see Hearts Beat Loud? No. So the two movies are Hearts Beat Loud and Sing Street. Okay. I don't know if you've seen either of these movies. Um, um, I did see Sing Street. I like Sing Street a lot. Sure. Yeah. And they're both That's obviously built yeah. around music. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, sure. in one way or the other. Uh, they're kind of loosely. They feel like they're loosely sort of like brother films or sister films or whatever. Sure. Um, but man, I, there's not that much I can say other than they're both just very, very positive, entertaining um, you know, heartfelt movies. Totally. Um, they're they're both just kind of beautiful, small, simple stories. Um, I kind of hunt for these movies at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they're few and far between. Totally. But if you want to feel good and just feel kind of warm and cozy here in the holiday season, they're not holiday movies, but I think they're they're very much appropriate uh, viewing. And I just kept thinking, if we owned our own theater and we were running our own programming, mm-hmm. it would just be a perfect double feature. That's um, nice to run that, you know, probably not many people have seen. Nick Offerman is in Hearts Beat Loud. It's kind of built around him running an old record shop. Uh, oh, which is yeah. Going under I know and his daughter. It. You might have and even then, told yeah. me about it. And but then yeah. Sing Street is, you know, the, sort of the high school. So in the 80s, yeah, right. you know, uh, forming a band type of movie. But they're both great, man. And they, and they again, they feel like they share kind of DNA a little bit. And um, sure. high, high recommends for me, man, if you're looking for something and, and you don't know what to watch. Check them out. Well, that's great. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for now. Thank you for listening. We did and it again. We did it again. Every time we nail it. And you know what? The weather, it's still great. <laughs> beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's so nice. And sincerely, happy holidays to everybody. Again, I don't know when we'll get back for a regular pod. Please but tune we'll in and check talk out to you uh, during Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we're very, December. very excited. I'm very excited. Kelly's scared. Who knows what's going to happen? I would say the only thing I'd add to that is make sure you're following us on social media to prepare for that because we may like combine, you know, doing a mini sode with maybe doing some more stuff on social media like uh, Instagram stories or yes. Twitter posts or whatever. Yes. Um, we I don't have the most easily recognizable handles of all time uh, because they're I think I have a couple of different handles. But one thing you can do is you can go to moviesandshit.com, M-O-V-I-E-S-N 
S-H-I-T.com. And it's a, a list of all of our links, as is on Instagram, our movies and shit show handle, meaning shit show. Movies and shit show. Um, handle get it. Uh, has a, yeah, get it. It was what was available. Leave me alone. Um, Perfect. There is a link tree on there for some of our links. But yeah, follow us and, um, and keep an eye out for Lord of the Rings coverage. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.